Episode 26. From Shrooms to Skyrim. Got Big Dog in the building. Trey, what up? We out here. Shrooms to Skyrim with Matthew and Hiram. Now we got we got a special guest with us tonight, guys. We got we got a really cool gent in oh. the building. You, I like what I like how you said gent. I like that. It's good. Well, that's the uh, the British version. No, that, that that's the name of their podcast. The the really cool gents. Oh, okay. I yeah, like it's, uh, I'm a real cool gent. Stay Excellent. cool, everybody. Stay cool, everybody. Yeah, it's your boy uh, Trey After Death. Happy to be here. Happy to have you, sir. What up, Marvel? Yo, for those of you, uh, our loyal listeners that have been with us since the beginning, and uh, and or give a fuck, <laughs> if if y'all remember when we had uh, the venerable Mr. Marvel Bishop on the pie, this is the guy that uh, first introduced me to him, and uh, so you got that pie together with Marvel, the cool gents, and Jormatic. Yeah, man, it's uh, it's been a really cool project, and uh, it's like the second iteration of a pod, and because um, first it was the lab, right? First it was the lab. I remember that during uh during quarantine. Can you believe that shit happened? Like this whole quarantine. Like, remember when the world ended? I do, <laughs> I do. I remember specifically going to work and them telling me like, uh, just take your computer, take your laptop. <laughs> You'll be back like in two weeks, you know, like, uh, don't worry about it. And uh, now I work from home permanently. <laughs> so, I mean, it's, it was crazy. It was crazy. I remember that specific moment. March 15th. Yeah, that whole thing was weird. March 15th, man. That was crazy. Yeah, so how- It's almost two years. That's even crazier. Yo, I remember when it, when it first started, when like, when the club first closed and they were like, yeah, it's- when like the first month and I was like, yo, this is crazy. There's no way they're like, yo, it's going to go six months. And I was like, six months, like there's no fucking way. We're like, what are we going to do for six months? And then six fans months. Fans only, sir. That's what you're going to do for <laughs> six months. Fans only. It's only fans. Or whatever, bro. I, you know, I'm. He's trying to act like he don't know. I don't. I don't. I watch no, X videos. Yo, you, 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 you probably bootleg your shit off Reddit like Kanye do. He bootlegs only fans? You you didn't watch his uh, drink champs interview? No. I missed it. <laughs> you know how I feel about Kanye. He said OnlyFans. I, I bootlegged that off Reddit. What you talking about? I don't pay for OnlyFans. Hilarious. <laughs> but um, yeah. So Hiram, so Trey, uh, my fucking dog, the security together. Like that's that's one of those things. You know, it's certain industries that when you work side by side with someone, you know, you develop a like uh, you know, kinship. Yeah. Yeah. So that's like we go back. Trey always looked out for me. Always had work for me. Nice, you know what I'm saying. But likewise, like Matt always looked out. I mean, well, looked out in the gym. Yo, those the, the that's, U, the, that's the first place the, we the, connected. The, the UFIT days, yeah. Ah, the UFIT days. But um, yeah, the one so, in the Grove. Yeah, yeah, yeah. one and only. Yeah. Yo, that seems, seems like a lifetime ago, right? So much has changed, but then again, so much hasn't. Which is why we here. 
to discuss these things. Yo, like, I like you. Think, <laughs> <laughs> I like you a lot. Yo, just think about that for a second. What he said, so much has changed, but so much hasn't. That's why we're here. It's all different, but it's all the same. Yeah. See, that that's why I know I wanted to get Trey here. Cause he uh, what Marvel called it, a HVP. You, uh, me, you remember that? A high value potter. Yeah, high value potter. Okay, but we on a high value pod, so it's easy here. From shrooms to Skyrim. I just want you to know that HPV is also a sexually transmitted disease, and maybe Yo, we should come up with another name. You, you got, you got, you got to excuse my co-host <laughs> with the with the fans only. He he does have a a, a touch of dyslexia. <laughs> oh yeah, that's right. I, that's not a touch of dyslexia. I'm full on dyslexic. Full now. blown. Yeah. Full blown. Full blown. It's yeah, fatal, I got it now. A fatal case. Yes. But yeah, like Trey, like since since I know you and like you you've already picked up on this in like the first fifteen minutes of meeting him. Is uh, but like you're someone that is very, like like there's I like anytime I've had a conversation with you, I don't feel like you waste any words. Like you always very <laughs> thoughtful when you speak. He did say that about you. This is like, he was I like, I just want that. you to know, like it's gonna sound like you know he doesn't every word is carefully thought before he says it. I'm like, oh, so he thinks before he speaks. Like, okay. <laughs> You know, that's very but, rare. But that's like, these it's days, it's by valuable the way. in conversation. Like we like we've always had good conversation. Like you you put me on a lot of game about a lot of things. Like I like the one thing I can I can uh take from that is that I always um I've always been like when I'm talking to you, I'm always conscious of what I'm saying. Not self conscious as opposed to in some conversations where you just try to get a word in back and forth mm-hmm. and as opposed to the content of, you know what I'm saying? But it's been like that since, since I've known you though, like since day one. So one of the reasons I've always fucked with Matt is because he's clearly on a journey. Oh yeah. Like, he's always growing. I I 100% agree with that uh, to the, to the core. That's one of the things about this podcast. <laughs> this, this podcast is something that Matthew conceived in his, in his mind and then made happen. Right, like this is you know, and this is part of his journey, and and from the beginning, he's always said, oh, you know, we're a team, and I'm like, yeah, we're a team, but you're like, this is yours, like, like, you know, like I, I'm, he's on a journey, and I'm just, I'm Bilbo, and he's Frodo. Yeah, I'm, I'm happy right. to be in uh in the, the backseat and shit. <laughs> Maybe I'm Gollum. You just don't know yet. I mean, you do love that couch. It's precious to you. Precious, my precious. I can't do that voice. Really? I mean, I can, but not right now. My throat hurts, so it's a little scratchy. Oh, <laughs> you you just reminded me of something. What? Uh, you 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 know what I got in this uh in this drawer here? What do you got in that drawer there? I got five billion dollars. Five billion dollars. Wow. <laughs> I'm out of here. What is that? Thanks, thanks, thanks for having me on the pod, bro. <laughs> Damn, he's out already. That's quick. That's the fastest we've had. That's a thank that's you for a, coming to episode twenty six. We are out of here. <laughs> Woo! That's a, a cool gents reference. You're gonna have to go uh, watch their pod to get oh, the joke. Okay, okay. so it was an inside joke. Where it's, the fuck's my five billion dollars though? But you're only halfway there though. I, I, I need ten. Oh, it was ten. It was ten billion. Oh, that's my price. <laughs> 10 billion 
I would do a lot for ten billion. See, yo, you haven't. This motherfucker will do a lot of shit for free. Also true. And now you know what we're talking about. <laughs> also true. <laughs> also true. Also true. So so tell them what it is. Tell them where it came from. Oh, they was they was having a hypothetical discussion. Yeah, uh, you know, someone had put it out there from TikTok. Uh, you know, how much would it take how, for how you to, to sleep with to, a, a dude? No, it was uh, uh just fellatio, as a dramatic put it. Ten billion. I mean, dude, you must you better give the best blowjob in the history of blowjobs for ten billion dollars, buddy. Uh, I'm gonna be honest with you. Uh, Twenty million dollars. I can I can move and change my name for twenty million dollars. I thought you were about I, to, I, can, I thought you were about to say for twenty bucks. <laughs> no, twenty million dollars. I can easily move, change my name. Nobody knows who I am for thirty dollars and some Hardies. Move to like the Philippines somewhere. Nobody knows. Nobody knows. Live in Bali. Nobody know who I am. They'll just be like, oh, that's the rich dude in Bali. You know what I'm saying? They don't know that I. So you got you got you got you got moved to the Philippines and Bali after you fill up on these Bali. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, was, was that was that accidental wordplay or was that intended? Somebody get us get a deal, dude. He's on his way. <laughs> but that's He's going to be leaving me in the dust here soon. He's so witty. Um, I don't know, man. 20, 20 million for ten billion dollars, Jesus. And everybody on the pod was like, Nah, nah, not me. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Okay. Yeah, okay. If somebody walks in with $1 billion, you'd spread your butt cheeks wide open and be like, all right, cool. <laughs> Go ahead. $10 billion, that's like generational. That's every every member of your family for at least three lineages is completely taken care of. More than that's that. That's like right. the shit well, the shit a motherfucker. You can't say more than that. The shit a motherfucker put up with for fifteen an hour. Like <laughs> that's if, what if, I'm if you, if you just if you just go from that ratio that's already said. That's why it's a lie, bro. That's why when people say that I'm like, you're a fucking liar. Just admit it. Every single also, one of us also is like, a sellout. Also like the the, the, the way I went about it, like the reaction was funny, but like me personally, like I hate I hate those hypothetical questions in the first place. Like I've always hated those like would you rather games oh and because it's like bro it's not real so it doesn't fucking matter like right. i don't gotta answer yeah. I, I, but you I, should though you should you should answer would you rather fight 50 ninjas <laughs> or three hungry lions see the, there's too many variables how am i supposed to answer that question fight fight them with what whatever no guns. Yeah, hand to hand combat. Yo, it's like that. It's like that. Make a deal with the devil, shit. You know, like you say, three hungry lions, but you did. You know, they could be like cubs. You know what I'm saying? Like it's like you know the deal with the devil, shit. Where they right. always, they always, uh, make, there's, a, there's always, uh, they'll uh, use your words against you. Yeah, you got to be very specific. Or, or, or it could be three niggas that play for the lions. Like <laughs> I, I take that all day. Yo, my grandma can beat them right now. I'll take that all day. <laughs> my grandma can beat them right now. They're owing like eight or some shit like that. If Are you're they? worse, yeah. If you're worse than the Dolphins, you know you bad. <laughs> They're worse than the Dolphins. Yeah. So, damn. Whatever, man. I, yeah. I'm, I listen. I I these hypothetical games. I'll play them. I'm just the wrong guy to play them because I don't. It's like okay. Yo, because it's like. The answer is not really gonna. Uh, it's never gonna be of value when nothing's at stake. You know what I mean? Like 
even if you come up with right. a good with a good answer, when it's a pure hypothetical and nothing's at stake, it's right. not it's not really you know. But I can tell you that if somebody puts a billion dollars in front of me right now, it's it's game on. Whatever they want, <laughs> whatever they want. It's not a, even in that hypothetical. You want to dress me in leather and spank me around for a couple hours? I'm game. Let's do it. Let's get crazy. See, I, I fucks with you because <laughs> you know who you are. <laughs> and and but for real though, like you 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 brought up an interesting point, which is like niggas do worse than that for fifteen an hour. Dude, I have like if if you if you've if you've worked in a restaurant ever in your life, you're you understand like the value of like a ten dollar tip, right? If somebody were to leave you literally uh, a hundred million times that, right? You'd probably do whatever that person wanted you to do. And not only for like a little bit, you might even go for like a month or two. <laughs> Yo, like the, the industry that we're in, uh, security, especially nightlife security, a motherfucker clap you up with $100? It, right. <laughs> I work for you now. <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> Some people got a real low price. Yeah, no, again, $20 million. You know, that's a baseline. That's where we're starting negotiations, you know, but. Yeah, it's 20 mil, 20 mil will get me to the table. <laughs> okay, we can have a conversation. What are the specifics, you know? <laughs> um, but uh, interesting way to start the podcast with fellatio talk with three men. That's awesome. Uh, <laughs> hey, Yo, hold stop on. acting wait. like you have Wait, 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 wait. I just want to say my, 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 my catchphrase. And we're moving on. <laughs> I thought everybody would say Courtney's catchphrase, no. but then I was like, no, he can't say that. No. No. I, wait. His catchphrase is people die every day, oh, B. Oh, yeah. Except he doesn't say people. Yeah. It's, what, it's what Cameron says and paid him for. Yeah. Mm. Um, I thought you were going to say what Jay said, and I can't say what Jay said either. Starts with a J. <laughs> I can't say it. Not allowed to. Not allowed to. I, I will I'll get in trouble. So... Um, listen, let's real quick, cause I know you want to get, I know you want to get into it. I'm going to try to steer the ship in the right direction here. Well, hold on, hold on. Knock. I'm, uh, uh are, are you, how's, are, how, how's Marvel always, always start his pause? How y'all doing? How, how was y'all week rated from one to 10? You can't say seven. That's, that's his thing, right? <laughs> that was his thing on, on the last episode. Yeah. But how's everybody doing? How's that? How you feeling, man? 6.5 this week. A little rough. It's been very stressful at the house, just because of the baby. That's all. But besides that, everything else is fairly good. I can't complain. Again, first world problems. I don't like to complain about first world problems. Right. Yeah. You know? the, the baby took it to a six point five. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just thirty five percent of your your potential yeah, happiness was well it was just consumed consumed by a child. But yes, by a scare. <sighs> so yeah, you know. Nicholas Children's was like involved, like it was just like a. Oh, you had a legit. Yeah, we had, a, you know. So I, I that all of Saturday was just all of Friday night and all of Saturday was just like a a super worry session for me, you know. Uh, so it was that it does like just I, you're a dad, right? Just you know you want them to be happy, right? And then they're they're sick and you're using completely out of your control and you're just you're like you know. You don't want anything to happen. You know, yeah. you just don't want anything to happen. You know, <laughs> that shit is, uh, 
It's, uh, it becomes hard, terrifying, bro. man. It becomes terrifying. So that was that was my essentially my my Friday night, my Saturday. Um, Scare is over though. Yeah, That's yeah, good. yeah, yeah. We're good. We're good. Everything is good. Thank God. Um, but uh, but yeah, it just it kind of it kind of threw a monkey wrench in there. Um, and then for what I do for a living, like I gotta stay like upbeat and positive and shit, <laughs> right? So like it's hard because. I got to mentally check out, mm-hmm. you know, in order to provide, you know, for my family. So, like, I have to, when I'm at work, like, I can't really think about it till I'm on a break, you know. So, that was hard, right? Like, I'm trying to find out what's going on. Like, I can't look at my phone. I can't be distracted by it. So, it was pretty difficult. But my job did a great, I mean, they were awesome. They, they, they were like, oh, no, go home. Like, after half the day, they were, you know. It was, it was, you know, they were cool about it. So that's good, man. Like, yeah, my job, but that's the one thing I will say my job legit and they're a huge corporation, but when they say that they put family first, like they put family first. That's hard to find. They, they, they're like, okay, clock out, take care of that. And then we'll talk about if you want to make up the hours or if you, however you want to do it, you know, do you want to use your PTO? Do you want to, you know, like they, they'll work with you. But they legit, when they say family first, they mean family first. And so, like, that's one of the things I absolutely love about my job. Shout out to them. Yeah. Word. Yeah. So, um, and my managers are great. And I know at least one of them is listening. Love you, big guy. <laughs> Man, that was touching. That was, like, super sentimental. Oh, well, I mean, when it involves your kid and the people that you work with understand that, as opposed, like I've been in situations where, like, not necessarily my kid, but I've been in situations where I've seen other people, like, kind of going through what I'm going through at a job, and the employer is like, "Yeah, that's not my problem. Like, you got to figure it out. Like, you cover your own shift, or you, you know, and that's horrible, you know. So when you ha- when you have a good employer like that, you know, you that's. That's a yeah. that's a way to yeah. gain loyalty. I'll tell you that. Like, yeah, but employers sure. got to get their shit together because this this is why there's so many vacant jobs right now and everybody's quitting their shit. That's I mean, you know, that's and the it, thing that nobody you know everybody says. All oh, these people are lazy. I'm like, they're not lazy, man. People are just understanding the value of their fucking time, dude. And and like, you, you're what were we talking about? What are you doing for fifteen dollars an hour? You know bro, what I'm I, saying. I, I, I was ready to take a life away from somebody else, remove you from this earth, from this family, from, from your family, bro, mm-hmm. for $15 an hour. And you weren't even threatening me. You were threatening somebody else. Right. And like, when you put things in perspective, life is so much bigger than the little things that, that we get caught up in. I totally agree. And the little things that you might do for $10 billion. <laughs> but when you put these things in perspective, it's like, really? Like that's, Again, a perspective is such a big deal, man. That's why, I, like, one of my biggest things now is 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 saying, like, when 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 we say six point five or whatever, right? I'm just saying that to say it. I honestly, it, even with all of that, it was still a first world problem because my daughter got first world care, and like the odds of her whatever whatever problem she was having, like, were drastically increased simply because she lived in this country, right? This is like a first world problem. You know what I'm saying? Like in another country that, that, you know, we, we'd be talking a different, a completely different story, you know? Um, They'd have prayed for. So, yeah, you know, so I, I, you know, 
it's it's a matter of perspective, right? Where oh shit, and down goes Hunter. Um, Yo, when I put him there, I knew he was gonna fall. Uh, he, he's not the most stable figure. No, he's not. And I was like, yo, he's in a pretty good spot. Uh, and I was like, nah, Cuba's big gangly ass is gonna fucking definitely knock him out. Find his way onto that table. And of course, he's the one. He's the one guy you took out. Um, yeah. So you're right. You have to look at perspective, man. Perspective is such a big, you know, big deal. On at, perspective uh, is important in differentiating the blur lines between passion, professionalism, and personal life. Where'd you get that from? I just came up with it right now. I'm like, mm. man, these all these P words kind of <laughs> kind of mess together. I think I'm on to something here. The three Matt's three P's. <laughs> but, but that shit that's real shit though. Like perspective is what makes three. life hard. Like you, you remember when you was a jit and everybody was like, yo, yo you, ain't, you ain't ready for real life to hit you. Like they they're not talking about work. Right? It's just like us though. Three P's in a pod. They're not. Three peas in a pot. Three peas in a pot. Yeah, uh, they are. They're. They are not talking about work, and and they're not. They're not <laughs> talking about your kid, and they're not talking about your relationship. Like that's not what makes. They're talking life about hard. all of it. They're <laughs> keeping your shit together amidst all of that. Like keeping all of that balance, making tough decisions. Like, hmm, should I quit my job, or should I be there for my child? Yo, like, when you that's do, what's hard. Do do guys ever get overwhelmed by? having an abundance of opportunities an abundance of opportunities as as in that's like like you you know for me personally like i get overwhelmed like just today just going to target i just go to, the, to buy one thing and you know what i'm saying I, I was in there for like two hours you know that happens to me on like a daily basis in the smallest target in the but, world and that's just like <laughs> buying shit that's like this moment right now like Anything could be a life changing decision. So it's like, Ooh. it's like, you know, you're making a conscious choice to stay the course you're on, the, uh, the, the routine, the path. Are you, though? Are you making that conscious choice? Well, yeah, I guess at some point it becomes an unco- unconscious choice. You know, a choice becomes a habit or just, however that goes. I'm just wondering how much control you think you have over your own life. It's how it's how much control you you're willing to take. That's like, you know, four months ago we didn't have a podcast. Now we have a podcast, right? Because, like, because you decided, correct. But that's like every day. That's an opportunity you, I didn't squander. You have the opportunity to do, like, literally anything. Like, should I go to trade school and become a welder? Should I? Make a hundred thousand a year right now if you do that. They don't tell you that shit in high school, by the way. And and that's no. like that's like from the, from the from the big things to the mundane things. Like, should I uh, get good at like I don't know fucking geometry? Should I do a puzzle? I mean, you can get good at all those if you want. Do you want to do geometry? I hate geometry. No, I, I don't want. I don't, don't want to do geometry. I, I don't guy. know why I said that. I've, I've never. <laughs> you know, I, um, I mean, yes, I think that you know every day there's an, an uh, obvious new opportunity for you to do every, whatever you'd like to do. You can do. You can become overwhelmed by those things. I think as you get older, you just start to put things 
you just start to put the things that uh, perspective, you just start to put the things that you care about and that you want to do in the front line. And, and well, you have to do the that. opportunities. It's not that they get less. It's just that you get better at picking them and seeing what. No, but you have to you do that do. because time is a finite resource. It's the only thing you can't get back. If, if you had more, if you had infinite amount of time, you could do everything. <sighs> yep. But you don't. So you have to, um, you have to make those hard choices of assigning value to everything that you may or may not spend time on. So you know that show that I've been watching that I've been telling you about, The Foundation, written by Isaac Abramoff, right? The the main empire, right? The guy that runs the is that empire. the one you are watching the other day? Yeah. On, Where no, the guy wanted to. No, 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 oh, no, no, okay. no. This is an Apple TV sci-fi show. Anyways. The 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 guy that is the guy that rules essentially the universe or right or the galaxy, okay, his name is Empire, right? And there was a first one, a Cleon the first, and he figured out how to make himself identical clone. And so he's been ruling the Empire for thousands of years as an identical clone. The clone ages, right? And there's three of them always, like a young one, a middle aged one, and an old one. Right, and then that way he continues to keep. Would you do that? Is that like a way of? Is that like a way of living forever? In would a way, I, I mean, you know I, what I'm saying? Like, it, it's, I, I guess, uh, yeah, yeah, I, I think I would, because when you think about it, like we're all trying to live forever. Like that's why we build stuff. Like that's why we make art. Like that's why we have kids. That's that's why we have kids. Like it, it's a it's a piece of you, and you want to put your influence on it. So when you die, you're still technically influencing the world, and like that is our way of like chasing immortality. That's a good point. That's why artists make art. Like I'm I'm having an emotional experience, and it's a fleeting moment, but I want to be able to translate that to a medium that somebody else could digest as well. So I'm gonna I'm gonna put this on wax, or I'm gonna put this on canvas. And here, take a look at that. Words do not suffice, but I want you to ingest the art and feel what I felt at that moment. And that kind of just validates you as a as a as a conscious agent. Like, yeah, you that that experience was a real thing. And that was a concrete thing. It, it's you can replay it. Yeah. That's interesting. That's an interesting way to look at art. Yeah. You know? I, I had to I had to do a deep dive because cause, cause I'm an artist myself. And I'm trying to trying to figure Painter? out. Painter? Nah, oh, nah. I never, oh, okay. never got into the painting thing. Yeah, I could have, but I had to make some hard dis- decisions, you know. Yeah, no, no, no. I, I suck. At, I couldn't draw a stick figure if you asked me. So, you know, anytime anybody can draw, I'm always fascinated by it. <laughs> you know. Yeah, it's it's a different type of genius. But I was I was a producer, and like I would I would have this massive catalog of beats that I didn't want to put out. Mm-hmm. And I would pick and choose artists like, okay, I'll sell it to this person, but only this person and nobody else because I know this person is going to treat it right. Right. Because like when I, when I would hear my records, I'm like, this is a piece of me. This is an experience that I had. This is mm. something that started internally and now it's, now it's external. And I just want to pass that along to somebody that's going to um, honor it. I always find it fascinating, especially with music. Where does that inspiration come from? The arrangement of it, because again, that's something that I, 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 you know, like most people, absolutely love music, but I couldn't read music 
you know, I can't read music to save my life. I don't know how to play a single instrument. Um, and, and to create sounds, harmonies that all come together, you know, where do you pull that from? You know, where, where is that inspiration coming from? Where do you see that? How do you see that? I mean, I see it coming from other people, honestly. Like once in a while you have, you'll just have a moment of inspiration that came from who knows where in the universe. Like it'll come to you in a dream or something and you just got to put it out and it's fire. But most of the time you sit down and you don't know what you're going to come up with. <laughs> or you might start with like a basic idea and then you accidentally hit the wrong note when you were trying to record it. And it's like, oh shit, that's kind of dope. It's like when, when you're making music, is it, uh, what's the balance between it being like work versus like inspiration, like, like, like craft, like something you have like actual, like to work to like craft this versus just like inspiration where it's like coming out of you. Mm, I say like probably like sixty percent inspiration. Yeah. So you don't start with like a melody in your head. You don't start. You don't have like a humming or like I always you know thought. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I, I would usually do that. So I would I would have like a melody or just a small concept, and it'll take me twenty thirty minutes to put that out. Okay. And then you, I was I'll spend the next four days. Finishing it. Right. Building on top of that world. Yo, like, I don't know yeah. how much of a common practice this, practice this is, but I remember times like uh, leaving the gym with you and like you'll be, you know, have a little melody going and you'll, rec- uh, you'll record it right there in your phone. Yeah. I'll do a voice note. Cause oh, yeah. That's smart. Little like just hum it out. Yeah. Yeah. And then um, it's like, yo, this is fire. I don't want to forget this. And then you do your thing and then you go home and. Yeah, use it. Use it as inspiration. You could remix yourself. So it's like you're you're sampling, you're sampling somebody else at that point. <laughs> you gotta think about it, man. Because like you're 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 it's changing. Like, it's like evolving. it's like you clone yourself like a foundation. Oh, that that's exactly what it is. It's an old version of you. Mm. You gotta watch that show, bro. It's fire. It took me a minute to get into it, but it's really good. You it looks good, it. but I don't want to sign up for another subscription service. <sighs> Pain in the ass. I got so many now. Here for free. So it's like right now I'm on Netflix and Disney Plus, and the way I figure it, I'm I'm gonna stick with them for about three years. Cause the other subscription services, the other shows, they're not going nowhere. They're gonna be there for me to watch in a few years. So it's like, why pay fucking like? I mean, it's not like I'm paying for Netflix or Disney as it is. Why don't you have Hulu with Disney? Disney comes with Hulu. Disney, Disney, Hulu, and ESPN Plus. Okay, are you, 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 didn't, you didn't hear me. I'm, I'm, I'm not. I don't got nothing. I just watch it. Okay. Oh. I, I don't know why they do what they do. Uh, why they have what they got. Uh, why they got what they have. Okay, I got you. I got you. Listen, bro. Get yourself some HBO Max so you can watch the Snyder Cut version of Justice League, and we can finally have a fucking conversation about it. Okay. Give me your HBO Max. I refuse. Come here, fucking lock. I'm stealing it from my mom. <laughs> like Ryan Reynolds steals we're, his we're Netflix from boat. his mom. We're in the same boat. That's it. Yo, did um, uh, I I I know you watched Red Notice this weekend. Did, I did. did. Did you see uh Ryan Reynolds do his antique road show shit today? Bro, you hilarious, bro. Yo, hilarious. It was it was so uh. So- <laughs> It was so nostalgic of my childhood watching Antiques Roadshow with I, my mom. What like, is with that show, bro? What is I, it even still on? It I'm is. Sure it, is. it is. And I have you know lost, Antiques Roadshow. I do. I have lost hours of my life watching that show. 
Okay. Fascinated by that show. So oh. it's one of those things that's like hypnotic almost. It like very like those like those ASMR recordings. Like you don't know why you're listening, but you can't stop. Okay. So yo, like there's some things that just belong on the airwaves. What is AMS? What is what does that stand for? Because I, I I know what those videos are. Those are like the cooking videos where you see like the guys. Nobody the knows what the fuck it stands for. ASMR. I don't remember what it stands for, but it's basically a, a phenomenon that takes place where you're just watching something and you don't. Mm-mm. No, it's it's an audio thing. Oh no, it's like okay, so we got the mics here uh-huh. and, and we're recording. Uh-huh. So like if I was eating like an ice cream cone, it'd be dead silence, and it would just be like the sounds of. The slurping. Oh no, the, I can't watch and that. the waffle cone breaking no, no, up. I, I can watch. Those okay, videos. it stands for autonomous sensory meridian response, coined in 2010. Also known as brain massage, oh. it's triggered by placid sights and sounds such as whispers, sounds, accents, and sights. crackles. Yeah, that's from thinkwithgoogle.com. So, like the Yule log playing in the background. You know, you ever watch that? They the YouTube where they. There's like a video on YouTube where you uh, put like a fireplace Yule log in it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So so the fire crackling. Right. But like it it took off as like an internet phenomenon when like influencers, like specifically like young pretty girls started doing it. Ah. So then, you know, she's like, you know, you know, it got, you know, now you're not just watching some chick's channel, you're watching her like break up spaghetti from the box, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, because mm-hmm. they're, they're trying to make it not weird. So, like, instead of, I'm just not, I don't want to sit here and breathe all over the mic. So, what I'm going to do is I'm going to open up the spaghetti. Oh, I love this brand from Publix. One second. And then they're like, I was into that. I got chills. That was right. nice. See? see? Yeah. I, got, I got goosebumps. I could listen to that. And then they rip the box hours. open and, like, wait, this, wait, wait, wait. Let's all talk like that. Okay. Yo, you know what's crazy? What? What's crazy? I bet this is gonna go viral. I hope it does, but I doubt it. <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna take a sip of my favorite drink. Uh oh! You should have. You should have opened it in the mic. <sighs> okay. I love Monster. You do love Monster. I want to talk like this for the whole podcast. I'm more of a Red Bull guy myself. I do love me some Red Bull. It's classic. Can't go wrong. I actually think it's delicious. It takes me somewhere I can't go anymore. <laughs> but that was that was legit. Oh, and we're back. <laughs> um, that was good, guys. I like that. I like that. I think uh, I think some weird dudes are probably gonna like that too. So, so a lot of people assume it's like a sexual thing, and it's not um, necessarily. Like, I heard about it before before it started to go viral because there was, like, this whole world and somebody um, somebody on N- NPR, they did a podcast about it. Was what? it Radio Lab? No, it wasn't Radio Lab. It was uh, um, This American Life. Oh, I love it. With, with Ira Glass. <laughs> I love NPR. I love NPR. NPR is the shit. I love NPR. Yo, this guy, his car is either tuned to anyone from the 70s, 80s, or- 70s 80s or 90s or npr that's it that's it it's normally npr it's really just npr i didn't even hear music in his car for like the first two years i knew him the first (laughs) time i heard music i was like are are you all right you know what's great about npr at night they play good music 
It's this music. It's called jazz. And it's really good. I know what jazz is. I, li- I, I listen to, to Sun Ra, Coltrane. Oh. Miles mm. Davis. Oh. Mm. Mm. How do you feel about Benny the Butcher? Oh. <laughs> butcher gonna, coming. He's got a crush on Benny the Butcher. I actually don't know who Benny the Butcher is. Yo, Benny the Butcher is a legend now. Now he is. No, he's already a legend. Oh, he teamed up with Snoop. Now that he teamed up with Snoop, he's a legend. That's it. Yo. Uh, I first heard about them uh, late. They were already signed. He, yeah, he's he's in a group. He's from Buffalo, New York. Uh, Griselda. Uh, I first heard about them when Shady Records put out their album. Uh, Benny the Butcher, Conway the Machine, West Side Gun. Am I forgetting someone? You can do it. I don't know. I don't. I. You're the one that introduced me to Benny the Butcher. I'm oh just no, yeah, these it, other guys it, now. It, it, it is them three. I, I was thinking of Thirty Eight Special, but he's he's not in Griselda, but he's always uh, he's got like some um, albums with Benny the Butcher. Yo, like bars, lyrics, hard beats, like it's fucking good music. Sounds like old school hip hop. See, like but, 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 but the description but, but, sounded like old school hip hop. But I I feel like. Uh, that's a bit of a disservice. It's not. No, because when you say, when something's coming out today, and as you say it's old school hip hop, see, that's the thing. They have their own sound. It's a new yeah. sound. No, no, no. It's not like a. It's not like they're doing like, uh, you know, boom bap from the 90s. No. Like, just because it's hard and it's lyrical, that doesn't mean it's some 90s shit. Like, this is, this is their sound. Easy. Okay. <laughs> Easy, all right. Down boy, down boy. Take it easy, all right. I get what you're saying. I'm just saying the music actually has meaning and it's good, and it doesn't sound like fucking Island Boys, okay? So that's what I'm saying. Okay. And you know, <laughs> well, I'm, I'm listening to it on the way home. It's good. You like it? I actually like it, and I don't like new music. Yo, it's like the shit. I, it's, it's like the shit I listen to when. It's time to get in that zone to get shit done. Mm. Whether it's like to the gym or to be productive. So, my bad, go ahead. No, no, go ahead. I was just rambling. So, I I stopped listening to music. Like, I hear it once in a while and I'm like, ooh, that's cool. And then my mind takes me back to like YouTube. And now when I'm- you mean like you stop listening to music in general or you just stop looking out for new music? I stopped seeking it and I stopped consuming it intentionally. Music or new music? Music. Okay. Like like rarely I'll I'll play music. Like if I'm once in a while, if I'm cleaning, I'll play music. But most of the time? For for me it's it's like a force of habit, cause I'm You are a force of habit. Thanks. It's just a fact. That's what we are. We are. Uh, we are the world. That's what I think of every time someone says we are. But uh, like for me, it's like a force of habit because I'm not. When I think about it, I'm not that many years removed from when I was on foot, on a bike, on the bus, on the train, and 
music with your companion? The only way to retain my sanity in transit was I had to have the headphones in. And I could go fucking, if I had to go from down south to up north, from the beach to downtown to the west, anywhere, like if, if I had my fucking playlist, I could fucking do it and not be miserable. So for me, like when I get in the car, it's it's natural to me to like, I'm on the move, I got to hear music. So I feel that. What, what happened for me was like I had to make a choice because I only had a certain amount of time to consume this stuff. And this this goes back to what you were saying about time being a finite resource. And I was trying to make my time more valuable. I was trying to squeeze more value out of my time because, yeah. I mean, during COVID, I, I had a lot, a, lot, a lot of time to just reflect over what the last what the previous year looked like. And I'm thinking about all the places that I could have been and all the things that I could have done had I just executed in a timely manner and uh, here we are the world stopped and i got nothing to show for it where were you when the world stopped turning exactly and i was like never again so i i started diving into this world mm. and i wanted to i wanted to understand like where that comes from like because i'm not a i'm not a slow dude i'm a sharp guy but somehow I would do things that were not reflective of who I who I thought I was. And I'm trying to I'm trying to understand like where that comes from. So I jumped on YouTube and I, I started like diving into this world of like neuroscience and and psychology and habituation and like the different dynamics. Like I'm I'm trying to get into the machinery of a human. So I could understand how these results were produced and that just opened a whole world. And it was like Tony Robbins and, and Jim Rohn and like all these people that, that you've probably seen in like a one or two minute clip on your Instagram stories, like, like on your Instagram feed, yeah, yeah, yeah. like all, all these people that are getting shared and, 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 and reshared. Like it's these people doing like two hour, hard lectures right and now that's my playlist it's just that stuff and it's it's these people talking about how they overcame their struggles and it's really like it's, it's like like eric thomas it's stuff like that yeah that's what i listen to most of the time now and that world is crazy bruh so um you were talking about the resistance well, no, you didn't say it so much as resistance but execution of things that you you wanted to do and that you're a fairly grounded person and that you have structure and that these are things that you should have executed that you know you should have ex or could have executed but you didn't for whatever reason right um there's a really good book called the war of art um that that talks about that that talks about how like we self-sabotage all of the time like we know the things that we want and then Whatever it is that we want, we create the problem. We are responsible for creating the problem that stops us from getting where we want. A thousand percent. Right? And it and it shows, like the book kind of goes through how like you got to overcome these things mentally and understand how they work. And it happens to everybody. You're not, it's not, 
it's not just you or that there's something wrong. Every this happens to everybody, and then th- there's a way to get around this. Um, I think it's Steven Pinkerton. I think is the name of the book. Um, I heard about it on the Joe Rogan show, and ironically enough, my wife had it, uh, had the book, and I was going through our collection. I'm like, eh, I'm like, I heard about this on the Joe Rogan show, and she's like, I read that book in high school. She's like, you should read that, and uh, I started reading it, and. It's funny because even when you're reading it, it's so like, it'll maybe be like a page will be maybe like a paragraph, just a paragraph, like a simple paragraph. And that paragraph will fuck you up and you have to put the book down <laughs> and yet you have to be like I, that. I did that. Like I, like I, like I straight up did that. Like I, I'm 100% guilty of doing that. Right. And it's like, how do you, how, how, you know, how you, how you essentially create structure in your life. You know, write things down every day. Say, you know, at 10 o'clock at night, I'm going to sit down and I'm going to write, right? Or, uh, you know, my plan out for tomorrow, right? And I'm going to do that. And then so that when I wake up tomorrow, I have a plan of what I'm going to do. And then I'm just going to start crossing it off. And then I get those things out of the way. And then my, my, then my, and you start to see how your days open up, how things just start to open up. You, yeah, you start yeah. to change your environment. You start to change the way that you, you your life your, looks your different. Your mind, you trick your, you not trick your mind, but you train your mind, right? You manage your mm-hmm. mind. Are you like hacking yourself? It's yeah, like you, you, I'm managing myself. Like that's that's what the book is training you to do. Like it's 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 it's. I not listen. I'm going to be honest with you. It, like I said, each each page is like a paragraph and I'm like, and the book is like that big. And I'm like 32 pages in because like you, you'll read just one paragraph from it and it will literally like you have, it's part of the book too. You have to take time to think about what it's, what it's telling you, right. That you're doing that. These are the things that you are doing, that this is how you're getting in your own way. And so you, it, it really does want you to reflect and go inward and figure it out. Right. And that you can do this, right. Like, it's it's a very interesting book, and I think that I think that you would if you haven't if you, if you haven't heard about it, I think you would love it, and I think it would be a really good book for somebody like yourself. Oh, I'm I'm the the war of it's, art. It's already it's already on my list. Yeah, it's very very good. See, like for me, I have immense trouble retaining information in a straightforward way. That's like it's like a a little kid taking a pill. Like you got to put it in the mashed potatoes for me. You dig? See, like for me, I got, I got to, I got to see it. I got to see the art in motion. That's like uh, when I read uh, Atlas Shrugged, and you know, Anne Rand, she puts her philosophy in into play. I've never read it, by the way. Oh, uh, well, it's right it's a there. Good book. I know. You want it's, it's on the. I know. It's on the shelf behind me. It was you one want, of the. It was one of the no-no books in my house. You want it? Oh, why? Because there's. It, so if I'm not mistaken, it would just it's a communist kind of perfect world coming together type thing, right? No religion, no. It was if for some reason that was well, like, like a no book I, I in like, my like, house. Like I remember being more at deep one point, that. and I don't even know. If I that's mean, she true well, she like escaped from communism. Like she uh, immigrated. She's to, Russian, to, right? Yeah, to the United States right. from Russia. Okay. I, I I can't remember exactly what it was. I remember that it was like a big thing in my house at one point about her in particular or maybe that book uh, and so i was just like oh, i probably should stay away from it well it, it's <laughs> one of it's one of my top uh seven favorite books of all time okay for me the thing 
the moment I learn is in the takeaway. You know, like, what'd you take away from this? You know what I'm saying? Okay. That's that's when I have my aha moments, epiphanies. You got to read it more than once. Sometimes. Because every, like, a lot of it, in fact, most of it's going to go over your head the first time. You, you might you might absorb 20%. And then you read it again and you get another 15. And then you read it again you get another 20. And, like, that's how these things go. Because right now you're, it's like every time you read one of these books, it's like you're trying to install some fresh programming, but you don't necessarily have the, the right software to support the software you're trying to install. Or the right hardware or software. Software. Or yeah. operating system. Mm. So you got, you got to, you got to upgrade. MS-DOS. You're still on DOS. <laughs> I'm running on an MS DOS. <laughs> Control Alt Delete Command. <laughs> um, no, I, I I I get what you're saying. Like, no, actually, the, the it, it opens you up a little bit, right? You have a new perspective. The, then you go back. Opens you up a little bit. Opens you up a little bit. Opens a little bit so that knowledge can just slide in nice now, and easy. Hey <laughs> yo, you know this is actually a great segue. Into the thing I really want to talk about. Oh man, I want to hear about it. It was emotional. This Legit is uh, emotional. This is uh. So like we're talking about books right now, right? And this for me, what I just what I just witnessed was to me like as monumentally a classic work of art, just like as important or. Uh, on the level of like a great piece of literature. So I just watched the show called Mr. Sunshine on Netflix. It's a, a South Korean show. And um production value is phenomenal, by the way. Yeah, wait. I just started watching the first episode. He he got through the whole season. I just started watching the first episode and I was like, "Oh shit. This is like high end production level for Netflix. Very so that, good. So that's like um like I know I already said show and we were just talking about books and like show has like a stigma, like okay, like a show is the show, you know what I'm saying? Like it's a um like it's not like shows aren't really like held in that regard that like they're, they're not like a, they're not considered classical form like when you say a show But this show it 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 shook me to my core. It was it was more than just like a a good piece of TV. And uh it was a brilliant piece of storytelling, man. Um and so it's written by and I'm going to say all these names wrong. It's written by uh Kim Eun-suk and directed by uh Lee Eun-bok starring uh Lee Byung-hun. Uh, Kim, you know, I apologize. I just, I'm, I'm not going to. You're ruining uh, the names? Yeah. <laughs> well, tell them the name of the series. It's Mr. Sunshine. So I started watching it. What was it about? Not really knowing what it was. I just seen that it was like a piece of, uh, you know, I just I just seen something that looked like it might be a bit of a drama with a bit of action. You know, it's a, it's a period piece, you know. It's set about, uh, about 100 years ago. Uh Actually, about 150 years ago. No, 
No, you're right. A hundred years ago. Well, it start. It starts when uh when the main character, so to speak, is a kid, uh, eight like eighteen seventy one. Yeah. But then by the time it wraps up, it's like nineteen ten. So it's about a hundred years ago, give or take. But um, like the thing with this show, I started watching it, and at some point, it it kind of gripped me, in a way. Like, you know, when you go to the beach, like, spend, like, the day at the beach with your family, and then for the next few weeks, like, uh, you know, you're finding sand and all sorts of places. You don't even know how it got there. Like, <laughs> like you, you, you open the sunglass case and the sand falls out. And that's how this show kind of stuck with me. I could, I could just be doing, like, a mundane task, and I was thinking about the show, the implications. You know, it, it was it was kind of it was kind of with me, and uh, so many actions, so many moments. So first of all, the show itself, the cinematography is is really well done. It's and it's it's twenty four episodes. Each episode is like at least an hour long. It's an hour to an hour thirty minutes. So I, I want to say it's like roughly probably like twenty five twenty. Six twenty-seven hours long total. Damn. And after watching it, it's really. It didn't feel like I was watching a show. It felt like I was witnessing history. That's like. And. And you know, I, I was. I'm. I'm not. Uh, like college educated on like world history. Or anything specifically, so I can't, uh, you know, matter of factly. So it's, it states it's uh, it's a, a based on historical events, but you know, some organizations, characters have been fictionalized for the drama. Right. So I myself am not qual- qualified to speak on like you Korean know, history or <laughs> anyone's history. So as as to like and like. For like the characters of the show, like for the most part, like they're fictionalized. It's kind, of, it's kind of like giving you a reason, uh, some people to follow along in that time period. Uh, but it's just like the way they did the show. I don't know if this is like a cliche thing to say, but I really felt like I was there. I mean, and it wasn't, it wasn't like a genre. Where it's like okay, like here's some drama with some action. You 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 know that saying, uh, life imitates art or art imitates life. It was. It does. Which way? So it's a feedback loop. But it mostly starts with life. Like this is one of those things where it was like art imitating life because it wasn't they weren't you know there's really good movies with like amazing special effects and like super dramatic moments and you know the the most complex action sequences but this was like so grounded in reality in a way that's what made it extraordinary was it was just like a human experience it wasn't you know, there was there was drama, there was joy, 
there was heartbreak. But it, it it never felt like it was serving to move the plot forward, you know? It was just natural, like, shit happened the way it might, shit might randomly occur in everyday life without rhyme or reason. And so it, it starts out, I, I know I've been saying all this, and I, I didn't even tell you, like, jack shit about what this is about. So basically it starts out, this is a uh, like late uh, 18th century, no, that'd be not a late 19th. 19th century Korea. And they have uh, the class system, you know, there's the nobles and they have, you know, the common people, slaves. And it's this uh, kid who's a slave and, you know, his parents work for this family. And then... You know, there's another noble that wants his mom, and the kid is nine years old. So, like, whatever happens, like, the mom is going to get sold, and, like, like some shit happens real, real quick in the first episode. And then it's, like, the, the following day, and they're separating them up, you know, for whatever reason. And, like, they, they roll the father up in, in, like, a mat, and they're beating him to death. It's pretty hard to watch, actually. And they're, like, um... And then they grab the kid. They're like, the child got a, uh, oh, by the way, spoilers for Mr. Sunshine in case you want to watch it without being spoiled. Because I'm, I'm, I'm not going to spoil the fuck out of it, but I'm going to give you pretty, a little bit more than a synopsis. Um, Okay, so yeah, that's your spoiler alert. So yeah, so uh, the grandfather, the head, the head of the noble family, he's like, uh, he says some cruel shit, like the child must bear the parent's sins. So they grab the boy, they throw him on the ground, and they're kicking the shit out of him too. Meanwhile, they're restraining the mother. The uh, daughter of the noble, she's pregnant, and, you know, she's there. The mother manages to slip away for a second, and um, they have these, uh, I don't know what they're called, like the pins hair that pins. hold the, the hairpins. Yeah, hairpins. And it's just a fucking sharp. She grabs... Uh, the pregnant daughter's hairpin and holds it to her neck and she's like let my son go or I'm a killer and so it's a like you know super dramatic moment like tears you know the kid is like you know he's a kid he's got can't grasp the full gravity of the situation she convinces him to uh to leave finally you know she put she put it into her neck so she bleeds so that the, the, they can see that she's serious and then she's putting it to her stomach, like, I'm going to kill her, I'm going to kill the baby, I'm going to kill them both. Son starts running away. The father's already dead. As soon as the son gets far enough away, and, you know, there's all this uh, commotion, the mother lets the uh, the pregnant daughter go and jumps in the well, commits suicide. And uh, while this is happening, there's a skirmish between the... The United, Korean Army yeah. and the United States Navy, at um, and, you know, I just I timed it so I just finished the show, uh, earlier today, so it still be like raw with me. So I, I haven't had time. I don't know like the geography of things, off the top of my head. So there's some American presence there, but this is you know, at like 1871. So it's not like the two nations are on friendly terms at that time. 
but there's an American missionary trying to get some pots. So basically the kid ends up being able to escape to America. But, you know, it's not happily ever after. You know, in America at that time, like, he greeted with uh, hella racism, you know. He got a bag. And then what he's able to beg for, the the little white beggar boys go and, and beat the shit out of him for that. Until one day, there's a, uh, uh, at the port, the uh, Navy ship docks. And he sees the soldiers walking off together. And amongst all the soldiers, there's one black soldier. And he says out loud, he has this realization. Uh, he says, I know how I'm going to become an American. So he ends up joining uh, the Navy. This is still like the first episode, right? <laughs> this is already. So fast forward, he's a captain in the Marine Corps, which is a. You know, at this time, the Marine Corps was in a separate division. It's still part of the Navy. So he's in the Navy, Captain of Marines. And uh, I don't know what war that is, which war it is, but they're fighting the Spanish uh, for control of the Philippines. So that finishes, and then he gets sent to be stationed in Jozon, uh, which is, uh, that's how, uh, that, that's uh, Korea. Uh, Joseon is like uh, the actual the, the great the great Korean Empire, I believe, as it's called. So he's going back there, and you know he's having he's having all these uh, impulses of revenge. You know he's gonna be able to get, you know he's this is this is a guy he's got, you know he he's an American now he's got no love for Korea. But he goes back there and slowly everything changes, his whole perspective. I don't really want to like uh give give the whole give the whole thing away. But it's like I just remember feeling like the first 14 episodes, it was like, you know when you're watching a movie and you want like the edge of your seat? It was like for 14 episodes. That's how you felt? It was like the tension, like the air was like uh, was like warm butter. You know what I mean? You? Yeah. <laughs> I was just like, events were happening. It was like they were happening around me, like I was immersed in it. And it it really showed me the true value of things that I had never really personally considered before. Like, what they really mean. Because what's happening is at this time is uh, these bigger nations are trying to get, they're trying to get their piece of Korea, Russia, Britain, uh, China, the United States, and Japan. Uh. 
So this show is just so well done with so many moving parts. And it's like nothing's forced. There's like political shit going on when it's going on. And sometimes there's some fucking sword play. Sometimes there's gunplay. There's romance. Uh, and the characters, the way they develop the characters, and you know how every show has their like inside jokes. That's like around like episode 16 or 18, like I laughed like the hardest I've laughed, like no exaggeration, than like I can't remember for the past few years. Like I had to pause it and like stand up and walk away. I was laughing so hard. And it wasn't like, you know how like, and this is not knocking it because when it works, it works. You know how like Marvel always doing it with the quips and the and the one-liners and shit? It, it it wasn't no it wasn't no cheap whimsical you know just just jokes they were putting in there. It was like it was like I don't know how else to say, but it was like real people interacting. It was so real and grounded in, in humanity. That's like the the best of us and the worst of us. Cause you got these people. Uh, that are, are set on on selling the country piece by piece to Japan for their own personal gain. Right. And then you got these people who take pride. They're like, no, we can't we can't use those notes as you buy Japan. Like, don't you see the bigger picture? This is a threat on our sovereignty as a nation. That's like for this show really demonstrated me the value and the nobility of patriotism mm-hmm. as opposed to nationalism which mm-hmm. is which is a it seem, they seem similar but they're very distinct they how are. do you define them so like so like nationalism is is a is a little bit more nastier on on some uh this this our shit you don't belong fuck you type shit i mean that's not how mary webster puts it but like patriotism is is more about just taking pride in your country and what you're doing what you're about so patriotism is more like I love my family and nationalism is like fuck your family. Mm. So patriotism is the ability to love your country, okay, while still being, uh, to me, the ability to love your country while still being able to be critical of that country nationalism is saying nothing we do is wrong. Everything that we do is right. We are right. And we're always going to be right. And it's always going to be our way. Nationalism almost kind of ends up falling in the hands of fascism. You know, all the fucking. And, 
and 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 racism aligns really well with nationalism. absolutely absolutely because it, it it's it makes it us versus them right it's 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 you know mm-hmm. this imaginary line that we created on the map actually means something when it actually doesn't you know what i'm saying and, and you know like um one of the because the 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 rebel army uh they're they're called the the righteous army you know at least in the the english translation and um one of the guys and the way this show brings things so remember i told you it starts out 1871 Mm -hmm. and it kind of sets up the board with the players real quick and then uh you know a lot of them die from you know the betrayal and this down the third and then through the flow of time, the way that um the way that these people have uh carried on from the past would it be about yeah, when it when it picks back up is about thirty years later because he's in his thirties. Right. And you see Okay, so first okay, I'm about to go off on about something else, but um So remember that first battle I mentioned between the U.S. Navy and the. So one of the guys who's the main character is Gunner Jang. Uh, he was a kid at that battle. He was uh, the one because, you know, they had the muskets and he was lighting the fire, you know, for the muskets. His father dies. So th- he's got he's got no love for the Americans, to say the least. But the thing is, uh, based on the advice of his ministers, and the the, the uh, Korean Empire was like a teenager at this time, had basically uh, disowned those people fighting, so that they wanted admit the loss. I, I believe, if I'm uh, remembering that correctly. So, when they're doing all this shit, and he's part of the he's part of the righteous army, the one fighting for Korea. This kid to Gunner. protect his sovereignty, and, and and so this is thirty years later, and he was a kid at the time, so he's like in his forties, I would say. And um, one of the leaders of the rebel group, you know, he asked him like, like, what what are you fighting for? And he tells him like, my dream is to become a rebel. He said, but I need there to be a country for me to rebel against. Wow. He was fighting to save his country so that he could change it. It's deep. And like that moment right there, there were so many in the show of different natures. that it made me take so many looks at myself from so many different angles. And about like, what's my place in the world? It just like, I don't, I don't remember anything being something I read 
or watched or did or at least not in a long time that that made me feel as deeply as this show made me feel. And it's crazy, like I keep saying like a show, like I watched a show, you know, like it's the fucking Simpsons. It's clearly not the Simpsons. Did you feel like you could have been like any one of those characters? More like I could hope to aspire to be. Were there like clear good guys and bad guys or was it just everybody? Yeah, there's 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 clear there's scumbags and then like there's you know there's scumbags and then um and then, then there's also like there's rivalries and there's people that start on one side of the line. Like you remember I told you uh the the family he he was a slave of before he came back a soldier. So he goes, he confronts them. You know, he's angry. But the more time he spends in Korea, his perspective starts to change. And, you know, for them, as nobility, like there's so many, they show so many. So by the time he comes back 30 years later, uh, there's no more slaves, okay? But they're still... They're lowborn, you know. There's not it's still a class system, and you know, for the nobility, and and you see as like traces of modern society like are starting to emerge, and you know, we're sitting here like, oh, like that's a no brainer, you know what I mean? <laughs> but for them, they're not, you know, like, and there's some of them that are like clearly like they could be fucking like psychopaths like they're fucking dicks about it but there's some of them that like they're not they're not doing anything wrong like this is how it is so it's almost like they're victims too of the mentality and um There's so many like subplots and um and just ongoing interactions between characters. Like for him, the nine year old boy who comes back, you know, as they put it, you know, he he left a slave and he came back as a man of a powerful nation. Like this is our worst nightmare. There's ongoing interactions and and they could happen like once every like six episodes you know there's a lot going on but between him and uh the woman that his mother held uh the hairpin to her neck and she goes through her own uh personal journey of, of realization and it's one thing to sit here and, like, say it, like, oh, like, okay, this is right, this is wrong, this is why this makes sense, break it down. But the way they laid it out to watch the process of someone go from thinking one way and then understanding something else, the way they demonstrated that, 
It was just actual character development where the character starts off one way completely on the show. By the end of the show, the arc of that character has changed dramatically from where it was at the beginning of the show, and you get to see that process take place. Kind of like Jamie Lannister in Game of Thrones, where he starts off at the beginning. You look at his arc as a character. I think he has one of the best arcs in Game of Thrones. That's why I bring that up. Yeah. Because you, 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 you hate him at the beginning. You know, and by the end of it, you're almost sympathetic to almost, you know, almost. You know, right? Almost. Yeah. I mean, there's only so much you can be sympathetic for a guy who threw a kid out the window and fucks his sister, but you know, almost, almost, right? <clears throat> and there's so many variables uh, in play, and so you know they have this class system. And they take this time in history and they take so many different people from so many different walks of life and have them interact in so many different ways. And you see so many uh, sequences of thought playing out on the screen. And so apparently, like, at that time, like, the you know, the lowest of the low uh, were butchers. They were like even regarded low uh, to the common folk. Something to do with like dealing with uh, blood or meat or something. So the son of a butcher. Um, and like these are people who gain like stomped and kicked on at the market by like the same people who might get like stomped and kicked on by the nobles. Right. So the son of a butcher. Of. Uh, he has his own uh he's one of the main characters through the show. He had gone to Japan and become a uh part of the Musens Musen society, just like a society of uh samurai. And then so at this time when there's uh Japanese presence growing in uh Joseon, he 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 comes back there and he it's basically like um you know that they're like they're like a gang. Like they walk around with their samurai swords and uh, like these guys, and motherfuckers, you know, hope they, you know, they kill motherfuckers left and right. That's what they do. Go learn today. And the shit that he went through in the show. I have a question. Yeah, when he comes back, is do they still? Even though he is this samurai, and he clearly, yo, so like the the, the first thing he did was uh, kill the people who kicked his parents. See, I like the guy. I like the guy. I don't even know. I don't know. Favorite character in the show so far. My kind of guy. <laughs> favorite character in the show so far. But but do they still treat him? Even though he clearly, because you know they they have the class system in India to this day, like, uh, and it's very interesting. Like. Um, did, is he was he able to elevate his status essentially within his own people, or was he just still the son of a butcher at the lowest? Well, no. So like at, at this class. point, like he's referred to. Well, first of all, everyone is scared shitless of him, but if people see him, like he's a guy dressing as a Japanese samurai. Oh, so they don't even know he's the son of a butcher. Well, no one, like no one would fucking dare call him that. You know uh, what I mean? I got gotcha. you. 
I got gotcha. you. But um, and when some well, a lot of these times these characters are mating. You know, like what I was saying about you earlier about how uh, you're like a very thoughtful speaker. Like it's not a, like a word wasted. That's like I when I first the first couple episodes. I was noticing, you know, like me and you could walk into a room and there was a lot of, you know, non-dialogue sequences where like the camera just goes like. But somehow they made it so meaningful that like, when when they spoke to each other, like for fucking twenty four over hour long episodes, I don't feel like a fucking word was out of place. Not one more that was necessary. They made every word worth its weight in gold. Yeah, <clears throat> I definitely gotta watch the show. It's a very interesting show, and of. I've only watched the first episode, or actually half of the first episode, but uh, because this is when everything was happening this weekend in my life. Uh, but uh, I, I was pulled into it just strictly by the way that it was shot, you know. And then you add these historical events that Matt was Matt was telling me about, um, and it makes the show that much more intriguing to me. And I, I'm actually looking very, very much forward to watching this show. So I, there's, I have one single iota of a complaint, but I'm not going to say what it is because it happens at the end. And since you guys are indicating you're going to watch it, I'm not going to say it. Okay. But my rating for Mr. Sunshine mm-hmm. is 9.99. 999999 repeating? Yeah. And I say that like with the utmost sincerity. Like, I tried to, like, take notes and refer to them right now, and I don't think I, I could even, I've, I've even done half the justice I wanted to do to uh, articulate how meaningful and how great this show is. And it's almost like, ironically, that's like, especially in this day and age, uh, some of the biggest exports of countries are their culture, you know? And this is something that kept popping up in my head uh, as I was thinking about doing this episode. It's like, I'm saying this, right? And, you know, the the video game I'm playing right now, Genshin Impact, is is a Chinese video game. I'm watching a Korean show. Usually I'm watching anime. There's uh, Japanese characters on the wall behind me. And, you know, we was kind of talking about this the other day with um, when Kat was here, when, uh, like, uh, was it, like, the critical race theory came up. And I think it is important to acknowledge history for what it is. And, you know, I I was thinking about this a lot, you know, humanity over time. That's like 
people settle over here, they settle over there, they populate, get a little bit more bigger, and then start going to war. You know, that's that's kind of the nature of the world. Well. And we're sorry to cut you off. Like yeah, we're not we're not that you know, this was a hundred years ago, give or take, like we were saying. We're not that far. And you know, this is the beginning of twentieth century. And you know. And historically we've 21st seen twenty first century. No, no, not this. I'm oh, talking about the show. show. Oh, okay. You know, fifty years later, we went there to fight the Korean War. My grandfather was in that war. Really? Yeah, I don't I don't oh, know the, the facts forgotten are, war. And now it's you know the the and you know, remember I was saying that at the beginning they had you know, so at that time Japan ended up taking control of Korea with they forced them into a, a treaty. Mm-hmm. And but this was after they instigated like the the Japanese Russian war, like right there off the on their border. You know, there's so much that happened in this region of the world. And you know, that happened a hundred years ago. There's been fucking two world wars. And everybody talks about uh the uh, atrocities of world history like they were a long time ago and couldn't happen today. <laughs> and like everybody like especially like uh you know when you see a another culture and you don't understand what they're doing, you kinda look down on them. Like we do that way over here. Like how could they not do it like that? No other way makes sense. And I, I got to thinking like has humanity really changed that much or are we more or less the same i think technology is uh improving at a faster rate obviously than humanity and it got me thinking i think the two That's a tough one man most important right the two most important things and that everyone should have are communication and empathy. If everyone had at least a healthy dose of those two things. And mushrooms. Word. For real. Communication and empathy is like two very like simple traits. But I feel like so much shit could be avoided when you start from there. Because when you communicate, you avoid misunderstandings. When you have empathy, you can avoid hate. Because you can have your own personal understanding. That's very true, though. Like, I'm a, I'm a firm believer in that, too. Cause hate is not something that I that I really deal with. It's not something I carry. I don't even really carry anger. Like I've been I've been in situations where people have been threatening me and my family, and and I was so fascinated by. I like I wonder what this guy went through to make him feel like this is the appropriate course of action. Like that's that's where my mind goes. 
in these situations. I'm I'm almost like over empathetic in that sense. I'm I so I I have empathy. I have like a lot of empathy. Like a lot of empathy. But my empathy only goes so far. So, you know, I I've I care about people. I I I try to with all my best to not hurt anybody, especially maliciously. Right? I mean, you know, that's that's horrible. I don't try to hate people. I do dislike people. I'm not going to lie. I do dislike people. I get angry, you know. Um, but. Oh, shit. I forgot where I was going. Oh, so the word for when uh, art imitates life is mimesis. Oh. That's a good word. Originally a, a Greek word. Hey, Matt. I need a second in the bathroom real quick. I'm just going to go right back. Yeah. I mean, this, I this isn't uh, fifth grade. You don't yeah, have to. No, I know. I just, I, I, do you want me to give you a bathroom pass? Yes. Here. Pass. Here. <laughs> Mimesis, bro. That's a good one. Yeah, apparently it's uh, from... Uh, one of my favorite books, Plato's The Republic. Plato says that art imitates the objects and events of ordinary life. In other words, a work of art is a copy of a copy of a form. It is even more of an illusion than ordinary experiences. Yeah, but at the same time, it brings ordinary experiences into more clarity. Because it sounds like that's what was was happening to you right now. Yeah, who, who's to say uh, uh, any ordinary, you know, an experience is as ordinary or extraordinary as you make it. And art that uh, runs parallel to that. Uh, Absolutely. I got to watch that series, bro. You you got me hip to it now. It was just, it caught me by surprise. I didn't know what I was getting myself into. I love those shows. Like, those are the best ones. Like, you, what did I watch? Kick-Ass. The movie? Yeah. So, I watched Kick-Ass, <laughs> and it was like, I got unexpectedly emotional towards the end as the story developed and I was like in kick-ass yeah like they accidentally made a dope-ass movie yeah like I I thought it was just some bullshit comedy my mic cut off okay yeah I thought it was a bullshit comedy until until I got deeper into it and I was like whoa where am I right now What's happening? I love that movie. Um, so I actually just wanted to say a couple of things. Uh, One of the things we were talking about um, was that they would have scenes where they would do this edit back and forth. Nobody's really talking, but between cutting the pictures and editing it properly, emotion and a conversation is being had. Without words, 
Um, that's the beauty of television. That's the beauty of movies, right? I mean, you know, movies first started, right? Uh, there was no talking. You, 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 you got the action. You got what was going on by silence, by just watching it, right? It's called movies because it's moving pictures, right? Just the moving pictures told you the story. So I think that's really cool that this show was able to convey that. Um, oh, yeah. By the way, there's a big, it's not even underlying, it's more like interwoven uh, love story. It's actually why the show is called Mr. Sunshine. Because she, she's, uh, you know, she's learning English and she learns the word whatever. Um, <laughs> she learns the word whatever? <laughs> No, she learned she learned never... Mister and Sunshine and Sea and Love and the reason that enhanced the everything else about the show is because the show was not overwhelmed by the love story. It didn't, you know, it didn't give you necessarily like the, you know, that nice, happy conclusion that, you know, you know how um, when a show or movie wraps up really good, everything, you know, is tied up with a bow at the end. Right. Or even throughout, it's like, it's like the, it's like that happens and it's not like it's carrying a plot forward. It's like it's, it's happening just part in of this world. The midst okay. of every other thing going on and they feel this type of way and they just gotta deal with it. It seems like it seems like one of the things that you keep talking about this with the show is that um that these things are just happening like there are external forces that are happening and these people live in this world and, 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 and everything is, everything is made to seem real or to come off across as very real. Um, and this love story is just happening in this world, but it isn't what's driving the story. This isn't what this story is about. This is just another thing that is happening in this world that we're watching, right. To make it probably even a little bit more dramatic at the end, you know, um yeah so you know i really just gotta say uh you know hats off to everyone involved with the show cast and crew writer director it's you know the fucking actors you know what we were just saying about uh you know art imitating uh so forth you know even if it was imitating ordinary life at an extraordinary time you know we live life and that's what we do but making you know something artificial as if to seem it's ordinary it's not ordinary that's you know like this was a true fucking master class and I think every aspect of filmmaking, they did a fucking phenomenal job. It's basically like that's like eight movies if you think about it. It was like right 
24 episodes at uh, over an hour each. Yeah, that's intense. You know, I mean, you know, that's, or, so, I mean, that's, cl- that's a, that's some high budget shit. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's a lot, man. That's a lot. And it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a period piece on top of it. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's kudos to them for taking that risk. Cause a lot of, a lot of filmmakers won't do it because it, there, there's just too much riding on it. Like, Look at George Lucas. Oh, bro, be careful. You're stepping on hollowed ground here, my friend. This guy took a chance. <laughs> okay. And a lot of studios weren't really fucking with him because it was just too much of a gamble at first. It, well, yeah. Like, I mean. It's like the, the budget that's required to, to, to bring your vision to life. Uh, listen, and the time that's required. By the way, he didn't. Uh, I always tell the story that you know, and everybody knows it at this point. But um, you know, when he was making when he was making the original Star Wars movie, um, he got at one point in the film filming process, he just got very sad about the movie that he was making. It wasn't the movie that he initially started off wanting to make, um, and he went to go see his pal Steven Spielberg, who at the same time was making. Uh, Close Encounters of the Third Kind, right? And he was nervous, and he was telling Steven Spielberg, look, I'm really nervous about my movie, and I don't think, you know, I put my money into it, and I'm going to lose all my money, and, you know, I'm I'm, I'm, I'm afraid that this movie isn't going to, you know, it's it's not what I want it to be. It's a kid's, it's a kid's sci-fi, and I wanted it to be more like Close Encounters of the Third Kind, where it's an adult sci-fi. And eh. So Spielberg says to him, okay, look, here's what we're going to do. I'm going to give you some points on my movie, you're going to give me some points on your movie, okay? If your movie is a flop and my movie is a success, well, then you'll reap some of the benefit from my movie. And if your movie is a success, then I'll reap some of the benefits from it too in case mine is a flop. How about we do that? And so they did that. That's some deep-ass friend shit right there. And then $150 million later, Steven Spielberg is sitting with the points that he got. You know, Star Wars clearly outgrossed Close Encounters. I mean, Close Encounters of the Third Kind is one of the greatest sci-fi movies of all time. Not taking anything away from it. But it isn't Star Wars numbers, right? Box office success-wise, right? There's no Close Encounters of the Third Kind Part 2, 3, right? We don't go back. We don't do Clone mm-hmm. Wars, <laughs> right? Steven Spielberg, built, nope. yeah, Steven Spielberg built the franchise. George Lucas built the franchise from Star Wars. But even he, at one point, you know... He's creating this thing, he, you know, this is, and, and he has doubts of the thing that he is creating, right? That he's not happy with. But at the end, he sticks to his vision, right? He does it his way. And, you know, you have the success that you ends up becoming Star Wars and spanning, you know, essentially one of the greatest franchises in, in movie history, minus the last three films because they fucking sucked. But that's not the point. We're not talking about that right now. <laughs> we're not gonna so uh but oh now okay and you're talking about taking risk the movie that i'm gonna review just real quick because it's not gonna be as long as matt's was red notice that's what she said <laughs> it's probably <laughs> true um red notice the rock gal gadot gal gadot gal gadot, gal gadot. It's good. What the fuck are you saying? It's Godot. Gal Gadot. Godot. But don't say it so quick and make it sound Gal like Godot, one, one word. Uh, and Ryan Reynolds. Okay. Um, and it's Ryan Reynolds being Ryan Reynolds. 
It's The Rock being The Rock, and it's Gal Gadot being Gal Gadot, and it's a mediocre script. Are you sure it's not Gadot? No, it's Gadot. I'm almost positive. We'll, they, we'll look. They, they both sound wrong. We'll, we'll, we'll have to look this up. Anyways. Um, tomato, tomato. If it were, if it was any other three actors and they were in this movie, this movie would have sucked and nobody would have heard about it. But because Ryan Reynolds can be Ryan Reynolds and he's completely entertaining when he is just Ryan Reynolds, right? It was a fun movie to watch. It felt like kind of a 90s buddy cop movie, right? Um, I almost felt like, you remember that movie The Rock did? Uh, with, uh, what was this? Oh, shit. The Rundown. Do you remember that? I don't think where I is, watched that. Where, oh, that's what. Hold on, hold on. Was, was that the one where you had to go to, like, South America? Or yeah. Some shit? Yeah, I yes. did yeah, yeah, What yeah, was yeah. that one where he was driving around in his pickup truck beating up people with a baseball bat? That's a walk, Walking Tall. And that's actually, yeah, walking. that's actually a remake of a 1970 movie that's actually based off of a true story. So, so Hiram... Is a walking encyclopedia of uh, <laughs> um, I wouldn't necessarily say I'm a walking encyclopedia of movies, but movie, I, movie trivia. Um, you th- put him and him and Jormatic on the same pod. Oh, I I mean, I don't know who that is, but I, I if we want to talk about movies, I'd love to talk about movies, anyways. Yeah. I, I'm just gonna tell you right now if you have a chance, watch it as background, it's not life changing, it's not anything. There is, it's a barbershop movie. There is, first of all, she's smoking hot in every scene Yo, that she's in. Remember, By the way, actually, I take that back. Barbershop? They're all smoking hot in every scene that they're in. <laughs> Do I remember Barbershop? Yo, you kind of crossed your legs aggressively at me there. <laughs> I don't Do even... I remember Barbershop? <laughs> <laughs> what are you talking about? Yeah, of course I remember Barbershop. You remind me of the white guy that cuts hair there. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> Tell me I'm wrong. I can't. And I know <laughs> you can't. Yo. I know you can't. Wow. Good call. Thank you. Thank you. I'm Anthony Edwards in that. Trying to steal that damn ATM the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> right? Isn't he the one trying to steal the ATM? Is it Anthony Edwards? Maybe I'm wrong. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Anderson, Anthony Anderson. A- 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 yeah, Anthony Anderson. That's it. I love him. Yeah. He's funny, man. It, one of the funniest movies that guy's ever been in uh, was Me, Myself, and Irene, where he plays Jim Carrey's kids. Him and his his two other brothers play Jim Carrey's kids, and they're the three of them are clearly black, and he's white. And he's, Jim Carrey's clearly not their father, but he raised them, so. That was <laughs> funny. Fucking awesome. I, I, love I, I don't like movies that he stars in. You like him when he's a supporting character? Yeah, like um Departed. Like Transformers. He was in Transformers? Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. My mama! <laughs> my mama! The the whole house is like uh got the plastic on it and shit. <laughs> That's funny. I forgot about the plastic. Well, I mean, you yeah, know, I grew good. up in a house with plastic, man. Yeah, plastic too. <laughs> I grew up in a house yeah, with plastic. plastic. My conscious. grandparents' house is my grandparents' house in the 80s was like, it's just sweat behind your thigh from the plastic on the couch. It's horrible. Such a strange custom. Uh, it's so weird. 
Yo, my mom has a couch that I didn't sit in until I was like 22. Jesus. I, I wasn't allowed. <laughs> was it worth the wait? No, nah, it's not even a comfortable it's couch. It's not even that comfortable of a couch. That's horrible. That's horrible. Uh, I wasn't allowed to sit in my dad's lazy chair. He was afraid I was going to break it all the time. At least you had a dad. Oh, dude. Okay. <laughs> Dark. Oh. oh, my God. Anyways, Sky. Don't get, you're not going to get sympathy points from me, fucking little orphan Annie. All right. <laughs> wow. Oh, I'm sorry, Oliver. Oliver. <laughs> Oliver Twist, man. It's an orphan as well. I'm not an orphan. I'm a bastard. Whatever, bro. Okay, Jon Snow. How about that? <laughs> I, I'll take that one. <laughs> man, if I had that head of hair. Woo! Oh, if man. I had that head of hair, I'd rule the world, bro. He's a small guy, though. You know that, right? He's like, he can't be 5'10". They were all small. Yeah. They Yo, to you. Sm- no. To no, you. Not to nah. me, bro. Not <laughs> to me. They were, they were all little little characters. They, yeah. <laughs> like, the sword, like, the mountain is really, like, what, 6'9 in real life? Yeah, he, he's really a big guy. But he looked like he was, like, 8 feet tall. Man, have you seen him recently? <laughs> now what'd he do? Yo, he's getting ready for that uh, that uh, boxing match with Eddie Hall. Shredded, son. I don't think Eddie Hall is going to do that. By the way, no, he, bro. They if there's the, the bad blood just I know. keeps on brewing. I know, I know. I I just I I I think Eddie Hall is doing like movies now. I don't think he's gonna. Oh yeah, who is he? Yeah, he's gonna be in the new uh, Spendable spinoff. I I seen him posting with a yeah, Sly and Jason Statham. Oh, because that's man. what the world needed. Did you know that? That the world needed another Expendables movie? I it, sure it, did. It used to keep me up at night. No. <laughs> I just found out that Mel Gibson is going to direct Lethal Weapon 5. Oh, that's all I was going to say. I had another profound thought <laughs> when I was when I was uh, watching Mr. Sunshine. I was going Because it had action sequences. Mm-hmm. That's Emirates. It better have action sequences. But it's like plot-wise, like action is... It's just like a, a crutch to move the movie along for action movie. You know, it's like everything that happens is just like a justification for uh, upcoming violence. But I remember in Mr. Sunshine, shit would pop off, but not because it was relying on that, you know? And even if they weren't always over the top, and sometimes underwhelming, you know, because you're used to, you know, the guy's got two bullets and he's up against eight people, but he's going to fucking make them ricochet and then (laughs) slow time down and snap his wrist and knock their heads together. Totally believable. Side note, that's American as fuck, and I didn't know that until I started dating the French girl. What? Violence in action in movies? Those, those types of wild action sequences, it's a uniquely American thing. You know, it is a uniquely American I don't, thing. I don't though. think so. But because do you know who loves it? The French love it. 
Okay, I, I was just gonna say, I'm pretty sure it was a French movie. Have did you see Brick City with yeah. RZA and Paul Walker? Yes, that was based like off I, of, I saw that off D14. 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 I saw that yeah. uh, bootleg in the hood. Yeah, so you remember I told you my boy's uncle was the bootleg man. Yeah, 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 yeah. I watched that like years before I even saw Brick that, City. That, that movie was so fucking good. That's that's like one of the first movies to really put uh, parkour yeah. on the map. Yeah, that's that's yeah. Know, like French French style parkour. But I'll tell you why. The, the French have a different view of cinema than Americans do. Isn't Van Damme French? It, no. Well, he's Belgian. Uh, close. The muscles from Brussels. Or Brussels. That's where he's from. <laughs> the mus- Is that a, the, the muscles the, from Brussels? The, the muscles from Brussels. That's what he was known as. Uh, but uh, they like... I they sp- like... A, they, they... So... When Van Damme's career was over in the United States, when Wesley Snipes' career was over in the United States... When Steven Seagal's career was over in the United States, they actually all signed huge picture deals with a French picture company and made like, they were making like a million dollars a movie to just like bang out like these horrible action movies one after another, right? You know, like the same plot, you know, but just different, you know, this one was on the sea, this one is in land, this one's in the mountain. It's the same story basically, Mm. right? Um, And... They they have a very different taste. What they don't like is they don't like the ex, the excessive hyper hyper violence that you see in American cinema. I love hyper violence. I love hyper violence. I'm a huge fan of hyper violence. Uh, to me, I think it's I think I want to see the, the fucking sets- strands popping as the eyeball gets ripped out the head. You dig? I I I think it's one of the things that separates Quentin Tarantino from like everybody else. Is like he's willing to show. Hyper violence. I want to see I like Mortal Combat style shots every time <laughs> people touch each other. Finish him. <laughs> Finish him. Um the 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 French the French love our movies though. I I don't know how your wife but, but like they, as they, a mass market like they love our movies. Yeah. Yo, can I ask you guys something real quick? Yeah. Do do got do guys feel like getting into some touchy stuff. Well, I mean, touchy, like, feely, whatever. Like I'm here for it. I mean, I, I, are I, we going to talk about your dad again? <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ! <laughs> no, I, a river. no, I mean <laughs> like, um, no, I mean like the the kind of stuff that that upsets people if you talk about it in the wrong way. Oh, but I like, mean, but like in, in regards to, I do want to mention something that you said about critical race theory earlier that I, I okay, go go ahead, go ahead. Okay, so you brought up critical race theory. I, it's a word, it's a name. I, you know how I feel about history. I don't. I think we should teach history. The problem yeah. with history is, and I just somebody just recently, I, I recently heard this from somebody. The greatest thing that human that mankind has ever created is actually history because history is the narrative. Okay. Of mankind's of whoever the winner is. Right. So what history are you getting? Right. When we talk about American history, we're not really talking about American history. We're talking about European American history. Right. Right. We're not talking about the Mayans that were here, the Indians or the Native Americans that were here before us, right? 
the victor gets to write the history and they get to write the point, right? So we're not always, we're not, I would love for everybody to be taught real history, but how do we decipher what real history is, right? And, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a touchy thing. It's a, it's a, you know, look, I don't want to make anybody feel bad in school about anything, right? But we need to learn from our past mistakes. Here's the thing. Right? Like, I, I had some qualms, like, uh, speaking about this so in depth, you know, because this is a Korean show and it's portraying uh, what uh you know the actions of um the Japanese empire at that time right mm-hmm. and so me as a complete outsider to you know to both nations the whole part of the world Gaijin yeah that's me you know i don't i don't i don't want to i don't want i don't want to speak out of turn about uh history that's not mine and like i just this but but when you say history is not yours that's the thing you're just made to believe that history is not yours history is for all of us like 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 if if we're looking at it in that concept it's not i i get what you're saying well i get what you're saying that it didn't personally affect anyone that you know and it's not a place where you're from but History belongs to everybody. It's it's there for everybody to look into. Well, it. as in like, is it? I don't know if it's my place to you know to say, oh, they. You know. You know. You know. Talk about the, um, the Japanese come off very bad on this show. Well, right? like, like, cause so, like this. <sighs> It's, it's, it's like a matter of water droplet hitting the top of a pyramid and going in every different direction. Like this show got me thinking about so many different things and just got me to looking up so many different things that just made me curious about. Right. Like that's it's like, great that the show could do that. Like what's the relationship between uh, Japan and Korea today? And I was reading some things. Still pretty dicey, right? And Japan's relationship with everybody is pretty dicey. Not with us. Well, but it's like it's like <laughs> yeah, so we're the, we're the other guys. So like dicey relationships with everybody. You know, like go, it goes without saying. Like, uh, like we're I think we're all pretty like aware of a lot of the issues in this country today. This but, country has issues. <laughs> <laughs> but Sorry. um, but it's like I was reading, uh, you know, just as. And uh, this is off the top of my head. I didn't make a note. Like, like as just as soon as like 2014, where you know, like Korea wanted not. I I, I don't want to say reparations, although they may have wanted that at some point. But even an apology, and Japan is like for what? And I may I may be like no, misrepresenting I, that. I no, just was I, reading I think, something. I think, I think you're. I, I don't, I I don't want. This. I don't want to speak out of turn on. I remember this, and it's not only that, it's not only that, and you're right about that. Uh, also, from my understanding, and again, I'm not walking a fine line here. I don't know up to when this was happening, but I know that as of, let's say, the last 50 years, 
Japan has been accused of kidnapping Korean citizens. Now, I just can't remember if they're North Korean citizens or South Korean citizens. Who's accusing them? The Korea, South Korea is accused. Has You can look this up. Oh, shit. Where's my phone? I believe South Korea has accused Japan of... And I don't know if... I, I think this is within the... I'm not saying that this happened in like 2010. I think this is within the last 50 years. But that Japan at one point was actively just kidnapping Koreans and then bringing them to Japan and making them essentially like slaves. Interesting. Like free work labor. And well, like aside from... Like aside from that, it's like, you know... Japan denies this, by the way. When I... Like for me, for me growing up, and I'm in I'm in my mid twenties. It's always been uh, like North Korea and South Korea, like that's on the other side of the world. It's almost like an abstract concept, and it's just things I never took into consideration about, like you know, because this was happening like a hundred years ago. The show, the events is uh, portraying, you know, with uh, Russia, you know the it got divided on the 38th parallel, you know, between the communists and the democratic, you know, Russia and the United States. And then, like, watching the show for the first time, like, it just got me thinking about events, you know, even decades prior to that happening with the countries in that region and what was going on. And it's like, You know, it's it's like how I said the show was so immersive where it like it becomes like less of when when you don't when you see something up close and personal, it stops being like an abstract concept in your mind. Right. You know? Mm-hmm. And so there's just so many trains of thought and like not even and you know, towards like a uh, with like a positive or a negative connotation, it just made me genu- genuinely uh, curious about that part of the world and other parts of the world too. I mean, it it it, it just it just oh, it just instigated a curiosity in me overall. That, I mean, that speaks highly of the show, first of all, um, and of you. Because a lot of people will watch that show and be like, oh, yeah. that, was, that was cool. And then they just move on to the next show. They don't Google not one term. <laughs> one historical fact. One event, nothing. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, yo, I just got to sing the show's praises one more time. And now I'll let it go a little bit. Um, The lady I seen, her... um. You know, her left hand and her right hand people. Um, God damn it, I don't remember how to say their names. They had some of like the most phenomenal uh, supporting acting role ever. That They were just like a light in the show. They were. Um, Everybody brought it. That. It wasn't even, you know, when you see like joke in a show and you, you got to laugh because it's funny. I was like, I was like smiling from like such a carefree place. And 
towards the end of the show as uh, events are reaching their conclusion. You know, about around episode 14 is, remember how I said it was like a state of, of like warm butter where it's just, it was just the tension like never dropped where you lost interest. It was just always just thick in the air until shit erupts and then the tension is back. And then, you know, as some characters meet their, like, uh, the ultimate conclusion of their journey in the show, and, like, you know, I, I watch things oftentimes, and, like, it, bring, it brings a tear to my eye, you know? There was, like, more than once where, like, I was, like, ugly face just, like, bawling. <laughs> it was crazy. It's, you know, it's funny for me because I cry at everything when it comes to movies, man. I am like, I am a faucet. Like I've, uh, I, I, I don't hold back. Like I, I will go. <laughs> so I went to go watch the Avengers with my wife. <laughs> she turned to me when the snap happened and she was like, are you crying? Like in the movie theater, she's like, are you crying? Like other people heard it. I was like, ah, she's like, you know, they're coming back. Right. Like, <laughs> like, you know, it was, it was like, what, why are you crying at an Avengers movie? You know, Tony Stark makes a snap. I was now, I think everybody was bawling when they saw, when we went to go see that. I think even she got a little teary eyed with that. Uh, but I, I am an emotional creature when I watch movies or television. And now as a dad, it's gotten even it's become even more of a thing in my life. You know, uh, anything that has to do with kids, right? Good or bad. You get me going. The right, water works. Uh, Shay watched a few months ago, Kevin Hart, uh, fatherhood. Uh, that was a good, that was a good movie. That was a good movie, man. I worked, I watched like the first 10 minutes. I was like, yeah, this is a lot. It's, it, it's, then I bounced. I was out. Yeah. It's, it's heavy. It's heavy. I mean, you know, his wife dies in it, right? And, like, the second she, like, it was, they the way that they did it gave you the shock value of it, like, happening in real life. Like, they're having a normal conversation after she's given birth. There's nothing absolutely wrong with her. All of a sudden, she goes to go do something. She had a blood clot, and she dies. Like, you as the audience member are just as shocked as Kevin Hart is. You didn't see it coming. Yeah, it, that, you, you know, and, and it, even, even though you knew that's what happened, like right. they, they they did a good job of delivering that, right, right, and I like, and as soon as that happened, I was like, yeah, yeah. I mean, just a mess. Yo, a mess. My my movie for that is Seven Pounds. Every time, you know, I still haven't seen that movie. What the fuck? I know. No, right. for real, good, good movie. No, I haven't seen no, it. No, I've literally it's right, right behind me on DVD. I'm gonna give it to you. No, I'm not gonna watch it. I'm gonna give it to you. I don't care. I'm gonna give it to you. I'm not gonna watch it because I've mentioned like a million fucking good movies on this show. I've and literally, you're like, I've been watching, know, I've been watching something that's fucking twenty six hours long. What? Do you, when what? When, when was I gonna have time to watch it? I don't know, but you should make time. That's are, not my problem. Are you gonna watch Blacklist? Yeah, that's what I thought. You know, I can't tell you guys something. Are you gonna watch Yellowstone? Was on HBO Max. No. What's it on? Paramount. 
See, that's a whole different app. Like <laughs> that, that they weren't even they weren't even necessary. You want me to get another one? I mean, you can just bootleg it. Don't you know the bootleg guy? Don't you have a bootleg guy? That's right. <laughs> that's right. You don't know how to torrent? Am I saying that right? <laughs> Am I saying that right? You remember those? That w- that was the wave. BitTorrents. Uh, that was the wave for a minute. So that's how you got stuff back a little bit, like, not even 10 years ago. Was it? Was it 10 years ago we were doing that? I mean, I was uh, I was, I was, was in that world because I was like, I needed software. Okay. That's, that's uh, I used to get comic books like that, too. Yeah? Digital comic books like that. Yeah, my friend used to give them to me on, like, USBs. Nerd. Yeah, I know. <laughs> yes. Yes. Yes, he is. yes, I am. Uh I didn't like I I, I don't want to sound like an old guy, but I didn't like comic books, like digital comic books. I I like I, I something is lost in the medium for me. I don't, I don't feel like there's a point to a digital comic book. Like why not just have a comic book? Kind of what I felt, but like know. if it's digital, it's, it's it's a slideshow. Okay, cool, but right, that's what it, it felt like a slideshow as opposed to something but, that I like. I yeah, I don't but, know, but if it's gonna be silent and not moving anyways, like at least give me the experience of turning the pages. You know what? That's a good that's a good way to put it. It doesn't do that. Well, you turn the pages. I, I feel like you could at least simulate it. Yeah, but uh-huh. no, you, not you can't smell the paper. Can't touch it. Touch is huge, man. Word. I mean, that's one of the things I miss about going to Blockbuster. Go grab the movie, look at the back of it, read the cover. It was, it was a whole experience. Is, put it back. You know, Specs, Spencers, or Specs. I don't know if you guys remember Specs. Do you guys remember Specs? I don't remember Specs. I, I know Spencers, though. Uh, Specs used to like CDs, right? You know, your tapes, albums. You go in there and you just look at it and pick them up. Okay. Oh. That's how I ran into a little album called Doggy Style. And another little album called The Chronic, which I was not supposed to, or at least be allowed to purchase. But luckily that young little white lady behind the counter had no idea what I was buying. So just went ahead and scanned it out to a little 14-year-old boy. It was awesome. Thanks. America. America. Treasure Coast Mall. I I got got my my mom to uh, buy me white chicks. When I was in like sixth grade, the unrated, uncut version. <laughs> it, it was you. You remember when they used to have DV, DVDs, like in the checkout aisle at the supermarket? Oh yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. This was at a Farm Fresh. Okay. And uh, see, my mom at a glance just saw a couple white ladies on, on the cover. And I'm like, yeah, that looks okay. That's fine. <laughs> they had no idea. Yeah, I was, I was, I was introduced to a lot of things that I would. Well, not. that explains a lot. <laughs> Did she also buy you barbershop? No, I checked that out on my own from the library. Ah, they still do that. The library, I forgot they had that stuff. They in the still library. do that. They still do that. Yo, all, all those uh, real non-digital comic books over there are from the library. The fuck out of here! Mm. It's a good way to read your comics, catch up on them. Especially if you're just doing like whole series at a time. Did you like borrow them and just never bring them back or like? No, you can take up to 85 different items, I think, or something. Like it's a crazy huh? amount. It's like a crazy amount of books that you could check out. It's like ridiculous. No, I got them. They're due, uh, <laughs> they're due next month. 
Wow, I, I haven't been to a library in a while, so I don't, I don't know how these things work anymore. I have one right across the street from my house. And I still wouldn't go if that it's, was where I was at. It's actually fun because there's a park, so I take my daughter there. Oh, yeah, you're, you're doing an old dad thing. Yeah. Well, because like you are getting uh, your media on YouTube, but I don't have the attention span. Uh, I don't watch, I listen. I don't have the attention span for that either. Like, to listen? It's, it's really fucking ironic that I do a fucking two-hour-long podcast because I can barely uh, stomach any podcast. That's it's funny. I I but um, since the time I was little, I've been brought up for like l- my parents used to listen to NPR. Th- that's long how it, form like long form conversation. Like that's I what put that. me on. That's what put me on. Yeah, yeah it, but like, like gossip. But like for, for me, people. like I want to fucking I want to read books. It's gossip for smart people. That's good. But that's like no matter how good a book is, is is gonna go. Uh, it's like the ROI on a fucking forty dollar book. Like it's gonna end up. Did that go the right way? Oh, it's behind me somewhere. It's gonna end up sitting on the shelf. You know what I'm saying? So, save hundreds of dollars going to the library. Yeah. And I love the the library. Is fucking great. It's the best thing that the government offers, other than roads. It's you can get a whole education for free, and I. The good thing about that is, like, I find myself checking out books I would never, ever buy. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm like, ah, oh, well, I mean, I could start it. If I don't like it, I could just bring it back. Yeah, that's you like, a, imagine how many books that you're not going to read because you're like, eh, do I really want to spend $25 for this paperback? Mm. But <laughs> at the library, take a chance on it. Excuse me. Speaking of books. Mm. Will Smith just dropped his oh yeah his biography. That. I've been hearing some good things about it. Downloaded it. I'm gonna listen to it when I get some free time. Just wanted to put that out there. Y'all should check it out. Uh, that's a guy that like that's a guy that that um, for me growing up, I could say that in my early years of my life, I had a real big influence on me. Like as an entertainer, you know, um, I, a lot of, a lot of, you know, as I, you, what you don't know about me is that I, 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 at one point I was a, I was trying to be a successful actor. I was, uh, also trying to do standup comedy. Um, uh, I, I dabbled in that world. Right. And, uh, when I was young, he was one of the guys I really looked up to where I was like that. That's the kind of guy I want to be, right? Like that that's the kind of career I want to have, right? Like he could do a space alien movie and he can do Wally. You know what I'm saying? Like he could be the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air uh or he could do 7 pounds, right? Where you know, like I I loved I loved him. Like I just I thought I think he's a a phenomenal He's in my top 3 actors? Yeah. 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 He's he's so dynamic. Yeah. A lot of people are huge Denzel fans. I'm not really that big a Denzel fan. I feel like he's the same character in every movie. That's I feel like, like he's got. He, he's way. just like a big caliber, uh, talented entertainer that not everyone, you know, like him and Jamie Foxx. There's not a lot of people that can hold tandem, 
that can hold Jamie. a candle to the that uh dynamic type of you know can do this can do this can do this can do this and do it well Jamie isn't that a song what Jamie Foxx hello cool J J Jamie Foxx doing it doing it and doing it well oh I represent Queen she was raised out in Brooklyn that's the one yeah (laughs) word got it um I was just gonna say Jamie Foxx extremely talented probably one of the most talented people in all of Hollywood for some reason, he rubs me the wrong way. I don't know why. I don't think. I don't even know one. the guy. I don't. I don't think. I don't think you're the only one. I. I. I but for some reason, nah. he just rubs me the wrong way. Yeah. He, he rubs me the right way. But I mean, uh, I'll tell you what, man. <laughs> he's. I, he's a force when he's on. When he's on the screen, I. You got to look at him. Yeah. I, you know I, what I'm saying? Like you, he's. He's. He's funny. He could be funny. He could be dramatic. He could play the action role. You know, See, o- over here on, on this side of town, there's no one that's going to say pause. It's just going to. I noticed. <laughs> like we're real comfortable in it. We're comfortable in our own skin over here. What, what, why? What happened? No, nah, I was just. Nah, it was, okay. And, and don't worry about it. Okay. But um, <laughs> I'm going to diss you to say, I don't know if you realize this, going off what you said a minute ago, uh, the thing you said that uh, you might not know about you. And we're talking about this, you know, goddamn, I don't remember if it was before the pod or when we started recording. It was so long ago, two hours ago. But, um, you know, I know you're big on, you know, I think it was when we started the pod. Uh, you know, you're, you're, you're always uh, bigging me up, you know, this is my thing. And, yeah, I, I do uh, – uh, produce executive produce direct and act and star in my podcast all right easy and fucking orson wells I do the fucking lighting see the shit. I'm and he writes all the material nice with it <laughs> but uh djs see i from shrooms to sky <laughs> i did that they hating on the boy because i got bars <laughs> but um see i, I just want to give you your flowers while you're here oh i have flowers i you know and we was talking about time too man i'm about to bring everything full circle that's um your contribution to this podcast is uh i would say a joke <laughs> <laughs> it is uh is 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 more than invaluable you know you as someone uh who's and this is i know we joke around but not dissing you uh you're like 42 uh you got a little kid you got a full-time job and i'm married too don't forget that yeah you got you got your family you got your life and and you show up here every week to work well let's no, bring it let's no, bring it back no excuses let's bring no, it back no, no, full but, circle but your like not like not dissing you, but that's like, you know, like how Gary V always talking about like, you know, uh, just because you're this age doesn't mean like you aren't gonna have like this isn't gonna be a big break, you right? Know? Well, but that's like me being uh twenty years younger than you, 
like I, I know that sounds like I'm dissing you, but I'm not. Pew pew. Pew pew. <laughs> pew pew. That's exactly what that was. <laughs> right? That's why I'm shooting him. Pew pew. <laughs> no, but that's like that. God damn it, I lost my train of thought. I had it all wrapped I, up nicely say, in a bow. Can I say something? Can I say something? It's a way to you get your train of thought back. You brought up opportunities earlier in this podcast when we started back earlier and you asked the opportunity thing. This podcast to me is that. This this during the pandemic, one of the things that I was talking to my wife about for a long time was one of the things I truly missed was I I wanted I I wanted to do something. I wanted to get to do something creative again that I hadn't been, I hadn't done in years. I hadn't done in years basically since I squandered the opportunities that were given to me before through drugs and alcohol and my own self-loathing and not preparing and doing the whole thing. And when this opportunity presented itself, this, you know, you, whether it was going to be the most successful podcast in the world, or we were going to be the last at the very bottom in the world, I it was an opportunity that I was not going to squander. That I was like, okay, I see Matt's vision, and I can get behind that. And it's not. I need to know my, at this age. You need to know your role, you know, and where you are in that, and what you bring to the table, right? And this is your vision. My job is, at the way that I look at it, is to help you make that happen. And then while we're here doing the podcast to really just try to have as much fun with my friend as I possibly can for the amount of time that I'm allotted to do that. And you know, it's uh, for me, I feel I have a responsibility uh, to you for your valuable time that you're contributing. Oh, thanks, man. Because like I'm like I'm, I'm doing something with you. Cause I think like you're capable. That's like you know you could have made it as an actor or a comedian. I think you got those. Uh, I I I I appreciate that. You know, I just you, one of the things that you do when you grow up, you take inventory of what you've done and what you haven't done, and the things that are your responsible, your responsibilities that are not your responsibilities. And you know, for a long time, I just pretended like I didn't become an actor because I wasn't. I. It didn't happen for me. It's not that it didn't happen for me. It's that I didn't make it happen for me. That I really didn't put in the amount of effort and time that is needed to do it. I was always so very successful at a lot of the things that I did very early on in my life that I thought, well, this should just be as easy as those other things were to me. And when the success didn't come my way or it wasn't as easy as I thought it was going to be, I didn't put in the extra effort. So when this came along, I just felt like, yeah, it's time to do it and it's time to put in that effort. And, you know, we went from doing one show a week to doing two shows a week. You know, we we, we flesh these things out. We kind of know what we want to talk about, you know, um, and it's it's been great for me. I love it. I absolutely love it. And, I, you know, that's why I said I'm on board. All the way with this. Like Ace Hood says, you got to trust the process. That's it, man. You know, uh, you guys are cute. Thanks, man. You're the best. I love you. Solid. Solid. <laughs> <laughs> That's real, though. Hey, have you ever heard of Galebe Tempe? 
Gobekli Tepe. Yeah. Yes. Oh, yes, of course. Oh, yeah. All right. Don't yeah. see that. That should have been at the beginning of the pod. Yeah. It should have been at the beginning of the pod. But he, you, know, you want to talk about some rabbit holes, bro? Yeah, bro. It's fucking rabbit holes, dog. So they said this site was like. They said this maybe, fucking site. Was maybe, maybe, maybe like seven to 8,000 years old. Maybe. Psych. Turns out we're probably talking about 13,000 years old. That rewrites human history. They say hunter-gatherers created this site. There's no way hunter-gatherers could have created that site. Bullfucking shit. No way. You need precise mathematical and artistic precision to do what they did, and there's no way hunter-gatherers would have had that technology. Bro, there's so much shit Human out here. civilization is older than we fucking know it, Matt. And, All right? And the historians don't know shit. Yo, yeah, we, we never really came back to it. But before, Check out Graham before, Hancock, Before, before people. the pod started, uh, these two were talking about uh, aliens and some shit for like fucking 20 minutes. Aliens. This is random conversation, but they out here. Oh. Do you think? <laughs> and they're, oh, they're out here. They drive by. They drive by and lock their windows as they fly by Earth. Yo, I, 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 have, I have yet to bring a fucking, uh, I have nope. yet to put a fucking complete stranger on the couch that uh, you do not get along with swimmingly. Who, me? Yeah. I get along with most people, man. He, he, he says it's the couch's mojo. Uh, it is the couch's mojo. It's where friends meet friends. And this couch, man. I just met a new friend. Thank you, buddy. I appreciate that. Um... Yeah, man. Uh, level up. I'm going to say it every time now because now I know what it is. It's a level up. Well, eventually I'm going to phase out from uh, using it and transition to... Which one? 100% uh, my all-own original sounds. Oh. I'm just kind of having fun with it for the time being. Okay. Wow. Uh, I like that sound. We're though. not making any money. We're actually doing the opposite of making money. We are actively uh, investing, burning it in the waste basket, and simultaneously flushing it down the toilet. Mm. AKA investing. Mm. We're investing in someone's future. I don't know who's, but somebody's. Look, man. Whoever the fuck sells all these fucking lights? Um, FPL. Again, <laughs> yeah. Again, they, we here FPL making a killing right now. Winning right now. Again, we here at From Shrooms to Skyrim will literally advertise just about anything you want as long as it's not hate content related. If you want us to advertise a foot fucking device, we will advertise a foot fucking no, device. No, Hiram used to show. sell penis pumps. I did used to sell penis pumps. How's the market for those? Excellent. So, really? <laughs> absolutely. Oh boy. Hey, you want here, me to go into my, my little, here's, my little here's speech? Here's the sales pitch. Sir, do you know that 70% of male diabetics suffer from impotence? What if I told you that I had a product for you, okay, that can guarantee an erection for at least 10 minutes, and it would be free of charge to you, sir, and Medicare would cover all of the costs? You're lying. Would that be something that you would be interested in? You're lying. <laughs> Swear to God. You're lying. Medicare Swear to that. Yeah, they do. You're fucking lying. Yeah, they do. Medicare covers that. Medicare also covers Viagra. I'm in the wrong business. <laughs> Dude. Yeah. Yeah, I used to sell those things. And at $400 a pop. Fuck. Yeah. 
For but who? I had to leave that company because that company was shady as shit. And then two weeks after I left the company, they got raided by the FBI. Boom. <laughs> so it's a sign you need to start score. your own company. Oh, well, well, that's, that's the in the shady process. Shit, the whole goddamn healthcare. Oh industry. yeah, yeah. The whole healthcare industry is just like one giant. The fact scam. that a penis pump is four hundred dollars in the first place. <laughs> when I can get one for twenty bucks at Spencer's. Yo, have you? Uh, yo, you um, know what my chick told me today. Sorry, yeah, no, you real quick. They don't even have fucking receptionists in the doctor's office in France. Like, that's how simple their process is. Yeah. Listen, dude. Yeah, but then you got to be French. And you don't get to be American. I, I would what? <laughs> be no. French or be sick. Like, those, those are your options. No, I, listen, um, I read an article about a uh, student who was, I think it was like in Sweden. Right. And they got to have the same kind of, you know, universal health care system. And she had like a lump on her breast, like went there. She was a student. She was an American, but she was a student over there and uh, went to the doctor. And they were like, yeah, no, we'll just we're just going to go ahead and take care of it. And she was like, well, I, I don't I don't I can't pay. And they're like, well, pay. You're not paying for this. It's a foreign concept. <laughs> like, like You're not paying for this. You're sick and we need to take care of you. You know what I'm saying? I was like, God, that would be just so wonderful. Can you imagine? You know, I think the United States is like one of only three countries in the world, if I'm not mistaken, that allows for pharmaceutical companies to advertise on TV. I know that's a thing that your wife or your girlfriend uh, probably is like, oh, that, I, we don't get that back home. Because yeah, like I know, I, saw, I, know I saw Bernie Sanders uh, tweeting about it recently I think it's something Actually more people Trying to bring to light uh, Like the cost of insulin Oh yeah That shit been wild Yeah man Cost of insulin Is ridiculous I had a uh, But let's talk about the fact That we have fucking Diabetes in the first place Well Oh no Too deep no, Well no That's not too deep I mean look I mean that's as somebody who's probably right now considered obese, that is a serious problem that we have in this country. I mean, you know, we have the diet. Now, look, there are juvenile diabetics, right, that, that they don't do anything that that that's not it's it, it's just it's a default that they have. My bro, my 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 cousin was a juvenile diabetic. I ate uh, a whole package of Oreos well, see, in a day last week. See. I would be hard pressed to feel bad for you if you got diabetes <laughs> because that's what you were eating. Limited but, uh, edition gingerbread oh, flavor. Fuck. Bro, do you do you know they put sugar in milk? I know, but I can't help it. No, I'm I'm not I'm not I'm well, not I'm not yeah, even knocking you. Every, I'm every, not, yeah, it's, it's, it's wild. It's, is is it is it really milk? See, when you have to ask that question, then you can't even talk about people that that start off with diabetes like it's it, shit's way too weird, bro. Uh, you know, everything is pasteurized. So really, uh, all the nutrients are burned out of the milk, right? And so then you have to replace those nutrients. It's reconstituted. It's it's a milk-flavored milk <sighs> beverage. People call it almond milk. I call it almond juice. Milk drank. Oh, milk drank. Milk drank. <laughs> like purple drank, but like, like milk drank? Exactly. Mm, I'm going to use that from now on. Yo, let me, and I'm going to say my black friend told me I could. <laughs> you heard it here first. I heard it here first. Milk drank, bitches. <laughs> Yo, let, me, let me ask you guys something because this is uh, keeps getting keeps getting gooder and gooder. All right, so we, we gooder are, we and gooder are, is not a word, by the way. Just better and better. Milk drank, bitches. <laughs> Boom. Uh, we're at two and a half hours. Oh, shit. And 
uh, I got to piss like a motherfucker. Okay. But let me, let me, do you, do you guys want to stop and then start again like a part two? Or like, are, are you guys? Um, I actually, I, I have to go home. I have to go home. I also have dad yeah. shit to do. Yeah. I have, I would love to, bro, but it's, it's probably what, midnight? It's one. Is it one o'clock in the morning? Bruh, it's yo, you one. remember when, yo, like 15 episodes ago? Um, you don't know Sean, who used to sit at his desk till I killed him and took his place. <laughs> I like it. Level up. So he was in the same situation. Whereas, like, for you guys, you can get up and, like, I can't go without going in front of, like, I can't leave without going in front of all the cameras. So we had the studio set up, like, in reverse, but it was still the same thing with the cameras. So while we were recording, he pissed in the bottle, and it was pretty fucking funny. I think, was. That was, I think that was episode 10, No Bathroom Breaks. That's lit. I just, right. I just don't. I just don't have a bottle. Yo, like he had the big Gatorade bottle. And filled it. He filled up the whole thing to the top. That's thought, crazy. I thought it was going over. And you know what? I realize now. That's. Cause I, think, I had to go, I think bro. If I had a Gatorade bottle, an empty one, I could do that. I had to go. But Listen, is it really one o'clock? Yo, son, it's, it's 12.56. Oh, my God. Damn, I was about to say something, but I lost my train of thought. Pissing in the bottle? All right, let's wrap this I up. I am doing pee-pee kegels. Oh, <laughs> I I shot it today. Bye. We, we always, it's, it's, it's kind of like, it's Bye. something no. about. No, I was hoping to get through the whole fucking podcast without you talking about it, but. No, I sent it to the group text and you never responded. You because didn't. I didn't want to talk about it. <laughs> I don't understand. Yo, Trey, uh, we got to find out before you go. Have you ever started? This is something we do to almost all of our guests. Don't answer that question. Except for Kat, we didn't ask her about sharts. Uh, we asked her about anal. But we always, I don't know what it is with this pod and butt stuff. It's either butt stuff or bestiality. Or bestiality. incest. You know. What's incest really? <laughs> Why we're asking hard questions? What, what's incest really? Next time. Oh my guys. god. <laughs> Next time, uh, we'll have Trey back here. We'll find out if he's ever sharted. And out of here. From shrooms to Skyrim. Shrooms to Skyrim with Matthew and Hiram.